When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
checks. Said he had beef. Asked me if I had my piece. Short dude, 222s in my shoes. Holler if you need me, love. I'm in the house. Roman Strong, see what the honeys is about. My wet popping, ho hopping. Ain't no stopping. Big Papa, I'm a bad boy. Niggas wanna front, who got your back? Niggas wanna flex, who got the gap? It ain't hard to tell I'm the East Coast overdoser. Nigga, you're scared you're supposed to. Nigga, I toast you. Put fear in your heart. Fuck up the party before it even starts. Pissy drunk, or for Henny and Skunk, or some brand new being shit beating down punk. And party, and bullshit, and party, and bullshit. Welcome to an all-new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your buddy Ryan, and this is your Wednesday episode. Folks, like I've said for the last two weeks, I have no idea when the hell we are. Uh, I'm pretty sure Christmas has passed, Hanukkah has passed, Kwanzaa has passed. I'm pretty sure we're still in 2022, but I, it could be 2023. Who knows? I could have just slept through the new year. I'm not sure. We are in that weird void, that void between these two major big holidays. I don't know if you call New Year's a holiday, but we're in between those, and it's just, it's crazy. I don't, I, I just feel untethered. I usually feel untethered, but I even feel more untethered than usual. So that means you're going to get a very unhinged podcast today, which I don't know. That's unhinged. Hey, you're in the right hands, baby. Unhinged is my middle name. It's not my official. My middle name is Kyler, but my unofficial name is unhinged. My unofficial, unofficial name is The Bad Boy of Podcasting. That's right, because The Bad Boy of Podcasting always does too much. So today, we're doing too much. We're hitting you over the head with two recaps. We're catching up on our bizarre, bizarre ladies of that town called Salt Lake. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. We're doing this past week's episode and the week before, and we're going to mash them up all together, just like that mashup you just heard. Ah, The Strokes and Notorious B.I.G., amazing. But we got to talk about these past two episodes. I'm not sure if there's a new episode tonight. I almost kind of hope there isn't, because I truly don't need to hear Heather tell us how she didn't get a black eye. How much, like, listen, I get it. You don't want to tell us. Shut up about it then. 
you know what? I'd almost like George Lucas or James Cameron to put that Avatar technology to use and just erase Heather from the last couple of episodes. Listen, you're on TV. Sorry, if something happens, you better damn well tell us. I'm sorry if I keep... You know what? I, you're, you're lucky I'm mad because the next part is going to be me not caring at all and just watching that. I don't... You could come to me with four black eyes and I'm not going to care. You've got to tell us or don't tell us, but don't tease us. Don't tease us. This isn't the third grade playground. People calling me pubic head because I had curly hair. What are you, you're not going to tease us with this black eye. Either tell us who did it or didn't. Other than that, I don't care. And I swear to God, if you save it for your book, her book, this bad Mormon book that she's kept teasing for the last year, if you put it, if you save it for that book, I'm going to make copies of that book. I'm going to take one from the library. I'm going to make a thousand copies and I'm going to mail it to everybody who wants a copy so they don't buy a copy because that is unfair. You need to tell it on the show. And at this point, like, it's just getting damn ridiculous. Oh, sure, you got a black eye. Where, where, what possible venue could we talk about this black eye at? Huh, if only we had a TV show that you were on where you could explain to us or even possibly, wait, is this show, does it have cameras everywhere? You're telling me you're on a show about you that has cameras everywhere that was there the night you potentially got this black eye, yet we're not going to see it? Sign me up. That sounds like amazing television. Please tell me less. I'm sorry. I'm I'm pissed. I am pissed. I had to rewatch this damn Salt Lake again just to remember everything that happened. Also today, both of these notes have been taken by Laura Beth Harp. You can find her on at Laura Beth Harp on Instagram. Killed it with these notes. Because I have to sit there, I'll just sit there in pain. Like I'm just, I'm staring directly at the 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 screen instead of my typewriter, and I'm just in horror because I'm like, what the hell is going on with this franchise? And then if you compare it to Real Housewives of Miami, amazing franchise, worth getting Peacock for, which we're going to potentially do a uh, Miami recap starting sometime this week. Oh my God, did I just I annoyed the hell out of my, sometime this week? What is going on? Anyways, let's do a couple show notes before we get into the uh, the fun of the recaps because we're going to get right into it today. Um, but man, it, it, the holidays are so weird on so many levels. This holiday is so weird for me on other levels besides the levels that it's usually weird. But it really does feel weird this year. It's just I don't know how to explain it, and I felt like like I need I need a how Stella got her groove back. I need a how Ryan got his groove back. I don't know if I'm feeling it. I hope tonight. I hope I hope I can put the energy, and I hope something magical happens tonight between us with this recap because I need it. I hope you guys need it because I need to get back to basics, man. I don't know why my head has just been in so many different places. So I'm really happy to be sitting behind this desk and talking to you. And if you're watching on YouTube. Hey, YouTube. And if you don't know, we're on YouTube. Go subscribe. So bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. Also, uh, if you like the podcast, I always say leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I would say do that for all podcasters. Uh, We do put a lot of work on this stuff. Patreon baddies, what's up? I just read a comment. Part two of the Meditza thing I hope is coming um, tomorrow. She is not feeling well, actually. I think she got, uh, not COVID. She just recovered that, but I think she got... Um, she got strep, I think. So I don't think her voice is going to be great. So I might be doing that solo or doing something solo on the Patreon. So sign up to see what the hell I do. Um, and uh, I think that's all of the stuff. That's all of the commercial shit I need to do. But subscribe, tell your friends. 
I, I've sat a lot today thinking about 2023 and what I want it to be and how we can change this up a little bit, even though I think it's working, but how we can make it better. I know we can definitely make it smoother, um, but make it fun. And and I was thinking about pop culture and, and I love, I love it. And you guys love it. And we love reality shows. So we have all that in common. And we know that this show is about all of that. But I was just even thinking about... I want to talk a lot about older pop culture moments as we go through 2023. It's like I was just thinking about today and I made this Instagram post because I finally got a new phone because my storage was completely out. So Apple does this funny thing where they're like, F you, Ryan, you buy a new phone with your credit card, not real money, mind you, a credit card so you can get more storage so you don't have to delete photos so you can keep making horrible Lisa Rinna memes on Instagram. And I'm like, yeah, once again, sign me up. And so, so I I get this new phone and I'm going through old photographs as it's loading. And I forgot, you know, there's these little pockets of pop culture that I think are so bad it's good moments. So bad it's good where it's on its face, it's horrible. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But then you start thinking about it and you're like, I can't stop thinking about this. And then it sticks with you forever. And the moment I keep thinking about, right? You ever heard this Kim and Kanye, this Kim Ye? Well, at one point they were married and they got married. You you can see it on one of the Keeping Up with the Kardashians episode, but you also saw it in tons of photographs. Uh, they got married in Italy and it was this huge production. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Now, here's an interesting fun fact that a lot of people don't remember. In fact, people thought I was making up the Instagram post that I posted tonight. Uh, I'm happy to say that I didn't, but I always like when I get those because you're like, it's like, Ryan, you make up the weirdest posts ever. So this could be you completely making something up. But even in this case, I'm like, wow, you think this is in my head that I would make this specific memory up that makes no sense. What I'm referring to is not even Kim and Kanye at that wedding or the wedding itself. What I'm referring to is... One of the guests at the Kim Ye wedding. You're not going to believe this. Some of you might remember this, but let me enlighten you for everybody that doesn't. At this wedding, there is one guest in particular in an outfit that potentially totally raises like, you know how, you know, you're, you're, the bride is supposed to wear white supposedly and you're, you're not supposed to upstage the bride. Well, this dude upstages the bride. Of course, I am talking about the one and only Jaden Karate Kid Smith, baby, because he was at the Kimye wedding and guess what he wore? Not overalls, not even just his birthday suit. No, he wore a full Batman outfit. Repeat that again. I think you, if Batman, he wore a full Batman, professionally made Batman outfit. More so than that, it was all white. It was not the black Batman outfit or even the old school blue from the 60s television show. This was all white. Jane Smith wore an all white, professionally made Batman outfit to Kim Ye's wedding. And there's photos of Kim Ye walking down the aisle. And you see Jaden there on the edge in his Batman suit. Now, listen, taking the plunge is scary for anybody, but I got to imagine it's even world scarier when Jaden Smith is there. Even world scarier than that is Jaden Smith there in a Batman outfit. <laughs> and we've never fully gotten an explanation. I, I truly want to talk to Jaden one day and just, I don't even think <laughs> there would be nothing about his family, nothing about his music, nothing about his movies. I would just want to do an hour-long podcast of 
Could you walk us through the Batman outfit at Kim Ye's wedding? What does it mean to you? Do you still have it? Can I buy it? Like, <laughs> I'll do you one better, though. This is how this story, um, and I've been looking for this picture, but this has how this story kind of um, involves me, is that after this wedding, oh my God, I'm just looking at my hair on the screen. Uh, after this wedding, oh, by the way, you guys, I told you last week how I dyed my beard and my face completely swelled up like the Nutty Professor again. Um, and by the way, people have sent me articles now that since that since COVID, this has happened to a lot of people and with hair dye as well. So be careful. But it's settled in. It's starting to settle in. My cheeks are starting to go down again. And I got to tell you, we're back to the beard, baby. Creepy mustache no longer. Get ready for a mustache ride, everybody. No, no, a beard ride. Sorry, not a mustache. Get ready for a beard ride, everybody. 2023, Bailey is back to the beard, like the bad boy of podcasting he is. But anyways, one year, I was at Comic-Con, like a bad boy, yeah. Comic-Con is where a bunch of geeks head to San Diego every year and buy comic books and take pictures with people in comic book outfits. And it's something that I held dear for many years. Um, It's so funny. Before I knew that there was big, like, I always... Love the Housewives from the very beginning, but I was also a huge Star Wars nerd, huge Batman nerd. I mean, I mean, like I'm one of the biggest Batman. Like I wanted to be Batman up until an age where you there. I was like at 15, I was like, there's a chance I could be a superhero. Like I was still in that. If you listen to old old episodes of this, I walk you through like how I used to grow. I grew up in Kansas, and I was I would dress up in like a homemade superhero outfit, which is like spandex spandex shorts and then a witch cape that my mom had and I had a bullwhip that I got from Silver Dollar City on a family vacation and I would run around in the woods in Olathe, Kansas. We used to play call this place the trails and I had like a little flimsy mat. This is so embarrassing, but it really this is what I'm telling you is if any of your kids are doing shit like this, just warn them that one day they'll have a podcast. So I'm in the woods and I would go and like spy on older kids in the woods. It would be dirt biking. <laughs> I would be in this cape hiding behind a tree with red spandex, <laughs> red spandex shorts. Oh my God. And anyway, so I used to go to Comic Con. I've always loved, I always loved superheroes. And I think that's why I like Housewives too, you guys, because they're superheroes as well. You, these ladies are huge characters. They have a lot in common with the Marvel and DC cinematic universe. But I went to Comic-Con one year, and this was after Kim and Kanye's wedding. And all of a sudden, and this is how my pop culture mind works. I had already known that Jaden had worn that white Batman outfit to the wedding. I'm in this convention center. There's like 80,000 people there. It's insane. It's like Coachella for nerds. And... All of a sudden, I'm in like one of the back of this. It's like a huge like convention center. Like it's just packed to the gills with all of these booths. And I spot two big burly bodyguards. And in the middle is a little guy in a white professionally made Batman outfit. And I'm like, holy shit. And nobody was really noticing him except for me. And I immediately knew that's Jaden Smith. He's wearing the Batman outfit he wore to Kim and Kanye's wedding. <laughs> so I, so me, you know, being older was like, I gotta get it. I gotta get close to this guy. And I was running in the convention center to try to catch up. 
And I know I have these blurry iPhone photos that I'm trying to find of the back of Jaden Smith in this in this Batman. <laughs> Sorry, in this Batman outfit, but it's like Comic Con is the perfect place for Jaden Smith for nobody to give a fuck who he is because everybody's dressed in the weirdest outfits ever. Like any celebrity could go in there and you wouldn't ever even look because there's people dressed as like sharks and like weird comic book characters you've never heard of. So, yeah, Jaden Smith, uh, a little tiny black dude. In this Batman outfit, nobody even gave it a second thought, except for me, except for this idiot. Um, anyways, Jaden, I love you. I want to talk to you someday. Let's make let's make this happen, Jaden. Let's finally make this happen. Also, everybody that reached out to me on uh, yesterday's episode with Annabelle DeSisto for the pop culture roundup and the Kardashian Xmas party, guys, I realized I didn't. <laughs> realized after I processed all the audio that I didn't put in the clip of Kim Kardashian on the podcast with Angie, um, on Angie Martinez podcast. So I'm going to play that now. If you didn't listen to yesterday's episode, basically Kim Kardashian did a podcast for Angie Martinez's new podcast, and it was an hour long interview. There were some really fascinating moments, but I'm going to play you clips about her keeping her kids away from the knowledge about their dad and what he's been going through and what lengths she goes to hide it. It's almost like Batman, like a secret identity. And my, I was saying yesterday, I have like such empathy for this and none of us can really, really truly understand what she's possibly going through because none of us are ever going to be potentially as famous as Kim. I mean, probably me, but you know, not yet. We're not going to really understand what it's like at that level of fame. And also that level of fame that her ex-husband was at, and she's tried to hide all of this stuff away from her kids. She wants them to love their dad, which is amazing. She also brings up how much she loved her dad and how amazing her dad was. And I think that's amazing. But it's also like the grass is greener and it's tomato, tomato. Because, you know, Robert Kardashian, amazing dude for obviously his daughters. But a lot of people had problems with Robert Kardashian. Robert Kardashian, I mean, remember his best friend was OJ and he's still, I mean, OJ really, not, I don't even think, it, OJ killed two people. I mean, and he's, he's you know, by the way, OJ did a podcast a couple weeks ago. I saw some clips on the old TikTok and it's like these two like, dude, like, there's like dude bro podcasts, like the, the Logan Paul brothers and all those, you know, but OJ was like, and he's, he's free, he, you know, and he's, he's always like, and these guys try to sneak a question of like, OJ, are you ever going to try to find the real killer? And he's like, oh, you guys, I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to answer a question about that. Come on. Oh, come on. Oh, OJ, not going to do that. You know, and it was this thing of just like, wow, this guy loves attention so much that he gets away with murder and he still goes and does a podcast. So OJ, just want to let you know, if you want to watch an episode of like Potomac or Salt Lake and recap it with me, I would, I, it's not, it wouldn't be a great honor, but I would, I would love I would love, wouldn't you love OJ on this Salt Lake recap where I'm like, OJ, how do you think Heather got that black eye? Do you think somebody snuck up on her in the middle of the night in an alleyway? How do you think that happened, OJ? Do you think somebody in a white Bronco came in and did it? Like, but anyways, it's so weird how pop culture, we normalize these people, whether it be, uh, we just had a Peacock, that Casey Anthony special. Um, it, it's so interesting. I always talk about that idea, how pop culture is almost cross streams with 
with crime and all of these weird things where it used to just be movies and TV and now it's true crime and nonfiction that gets brought into pop culture. And I'm sitting here talking about Jaden Smith in a Batman outfit because to me that's pop culture and that wasn't even a TV show. That was real life. So anyways, I thought it was this impossible idea and I talked about it yesterday of the lengths Kim has to go through and it's almost like a Truman show ask where she says, well, I know where the kids go to school. I know all their teachers. I know who they talk to in the playground. I get, I get reports. But then I was like, I keep thinking about it. I'm like, you know, they're probably not allowed to go over to Disick's house. Like, you know, they're not allowed to be with Mason because Mason, you know, Mason knows what's up. Mason knows what Mason has created. Like, accounts where he'll go on and tell family secrets. I mean, this is well documented. This kid is my type of guy. He's like always busting the family out. But you know, Mason, at some point, is like, North, come here. I want to show you this Alex Jones interview with your dad. Hey, I'm Alex Jones. What's going on? I want to here. And I just think it's dangerous because it's going to go get out somewhere. But I know she's trying to protect their innocence and youth. And that's a really complicated thing because how do you do that when you are under such scrutiny? And it's not like you're under such scrutiny because, um, because it just happened. Kim actively sought this attention. This was her dream. She is living her dream. So even this is all hard, the Kanye stuff, she signed up for this. This was her initial dream, and she's gone farther than she ever thought she could. So in a way, it's like weirdly aspirational for aspects of it, but then the Kanye part and the kid part is just like completely wild. Also, she does talk about dating in the interview, and I truly don't know. I mean, Pete Davidson, you can really see why that did not go anywhere. It just... I mean, the more you know about Kim's life now, the reality of it and what she's had to deal with Kanye and how much she's hidden. Now, just think about this. She's hidden so much from her kids and she's honest with us, the audience, supposedly. I mean, she's honest with us more than she is with her own kids. Think about that. But if she's able to keep this from her kids, imagine what they've kept from us. Imagine how much stuff we don't know. And of course, right? You protect your family. There are things that I so badly want to tell you about my family or even me or, you know, there are, there are stuff that I'm, I, I've not even had. I've wanted my stuff I can't talk about my mom right now that I want to, you know. And I just find it really fascinating what that must be like. And to me, that's the real show. That's why I always say social media is the only thing that could possibly destroy reality TV. Because social media is the real reality show these days. We're more likely to find out who gave Heather Gay the black eye on social media, some social media detective or Reddit thread, than we will ever on these shows that are produced and they're packaged in a certain way, the way they, they the producers in production, want us to see it. But with social media, with Reddit, with our detective work, these skills that we throw up on TikTok and all of this stuff, we're able to paint the picture that we want to paint, the way that we see it. So sometimes we're getting more of the truth. It might be in a very sloppy fashion like these podcasts, but we're able to do that, you know? I just think it's really a fascinating idea that I... I it scares me, but it also fascinates me. Does that make sense? Are we talking too deeply about that? We're friends. We can talk like this with each other. Okay, this is the clip I wanted to play for you guys. My assumption yeah. is that you protect your kids. I definitely protected him. Mm-hmm. And I still will. Mm-hmm. In 
the eyes of my kids, for my kids. Mm -hmm. So in my home, Mm -hmm. my kids don't know anything that goes on Mm. on the outside world. And I've managed. How do you do that? Do they know about Jaden and the Batman outfit? Holding on by a thread. I know I'm like so close to that not happening. But while it's still that way, I will protect that to the end of the earth as long as I can. Like I will. I mean, my kids, they don't know anything. How? So, with social, they're in school, they're on social. So, at school, like some of my best friends are the teachers. So, I know what goes on at recess. I know what goes on at lunchtime. I hear what's being talked about. None of the kids have ever said anything to my kids. Like, I protect stuff in the house as far as like the TVs and the content. That feels like it must be a full time job. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But but worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, worth it because I think that. Of course, I want to disassociate in specific thoughts and things being said because that's not me. But at the same time, in my home, like I could be going through something, but if we're riding to school and they want to listen to their dad's music, no matter what we're going through and no matter what is being happening in the world, like I have to have that you know, Mm. smile on my face and blast his music and sing along with my kids and act like nothing's wrong. You know, as soon as I drop them off, I can have a good cry or, you know, text back and do what I got to do. But it's like, I had the best dad. I had, I don't want to get emotional. No. It's just been a day for me. But like. It's been a time. It has been, Mm -hmm. you know, it's hard. Shit is like co-parenting. It's really fucking hard, mm-hmm. you know. And like, you're not co-parenting with the with just anyone. Yeah. Or the quietest. <laughs> but I had the best dad, mm-hmm. and I had the best memories and the greatest experience. And that's all I want for my kids. As long as they can have that, mm-hmm. that's what I would want for them. You know. So like, if they don't know things that are being said. Or what's happening in the world? Like, why would I ever bring that energy to them? Mm-hmm. You know, that's like do real heavy, up, heavy they... grown-up shit that they're not ready to like deal with. Yeah, you know. And when they are, we'll have those conversations. One day, my kids will thank me mm-hmm. for not sitting here and like bashing their dad when I could. Okay, so that was the clip I forgot to put in yesterday, and we talked about it, but it's to me so fascinating. You know, one day my kids will thank me for not bashing their dad. And in a way, yeah, but then you're saying, well, will they thank you for going on a podcast that is picked up by TMZ and all of these outlets of you patting yourself on the back for not ripping their dad when you could have? And also Angie Martinez said, I mean, you're not co-parenting, which is anyone, you know, I I would, it's a very loose definition of co-parenting and it's got to be in, I'm saying like my heart goes out, but at the same time, it's like, this is, you brought yourself to this place. All decisions that you've made have brought you to this moment. And these kids do seem wildly amazing. I hope they would be for every, they seem like they do have so much love except for that. Damn, you got to stop with these holiday parties, Kardashians. I keep getting new photos of these holiday parties. I now have a new theory that the Courtney Kardashian that we see in those photos who looks livid as hell is just a cardboard cutout that you got at like Spencer's gifts or Kinko's. And they just placed it in different areas at the holiday party. And then people could pose around 
around her because she's doing the same mean sour puss face in each one. And believe me, Courtney, I get it. I don't want to hang out with them either. But my God. And did we even see Corey Gamble there? Like, I'm almost thinking this 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 party was just digital. Like, is this all just in the metaverse or something? Did this does anybody know anybody that's worked this party that's willing to break the NDA? Because I feel like some what the fuck is this like an Illuminati induction ceremony? It just gets weirder and weirder, and it just doesn't seem there doesn't seem a lot of fun anymore. We're gonna talk about that because we're gonna do a year end wrap up with Lex Nico. I believe we're going to do that uh, next week in 2023 to look back at 2022. Um, but I'm very excited to be doing it with Lex, and I was talking with her today. But we're going to go, we're going to go, there's some other Kardashian stuff that I want to talk about and some theories I have. I also want to talk to Kardashian Colloquium, that account who's been on before and she's amazing. I don't know. I'm getting excited talking to you guys. So, okay. Sorry. I went off there. We're going to get to Salt Lake in just one sec. This is what I do, you guys. I always just keep going. The other thing I wanted to correct is that I read a Dumois blind and I did point out that it was a blind and you can't trust blinds sometimes. But I want to say that one of these blinds was not was proven to be not true. And it was the Justin Timberlake one that he was sitting. A girl was sitting on his lap, I believe, in Nashville at his club in a Britney Spears shirt. And Dumois uh, posted something today and her comment was less crazies in 2023, please. And it says there is a random girl who keeps posting stuff like this, which referring to the Justin Timberlake cheating rumor, always including that she was wearing a Britney shirt. Last time she claimed she saw him at a doctor's office in line, and then he saw her shirt and pulled her aside at the office. So that looks like it was debunked. Uh, Hopefully Justin is uh, not a garbage trash can man or somebody with an arrangement. It seems like everybody has arrangements, but like I said yesterday... If we could make 2023 the year that celebrities just tell us their weird arrangements so we don't have to even, like, waste our breath with it. Like, okay, great. You're married, but you're in an open relationship and you're allowed to fuck around. Perfect. Just wanted to know that. Can we get your wife to sign off on that? Okay, she says it's cool, too. Good. We don't have to worry about it. Other than that, you're going to get these weird blind items all the time. Also, we already knew this, but I don't know why an official announcement was made today that, um... that uh, Pete Davidson and Emma Ratajkowski, Ratajkowski, I always say it wrong. Somebody told me how to say it and I've already forgotten. They're no longer, you guys. They're going to just remain friends. So it turns out Camelot has once again fallen for Pete Davidson. Uh, I love that he was at the Knicks game this Sunday with his sister. And a lot of people didn't know it was his sister. And they were like, look at Pete's new girl. I can't imagine anything more horrifying for my sister if I was ever in public with her to be like, wow, look who's with the bad boy of podcasting. (laughs) My sister's worst nightmare. Hey, my worst nightmare, too, actually. Sorry, Kara, if you're listening. I just don't want it. You know, we're 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 solid as brother and sister. Anyways. okay, let's get into this. We've done enough jibber jabber. It's all jibber jabber. Okay, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. We're going back two weeks, you guys. We're going to speed through this one. We're going to pick out the scenes that I think uh, that I think matter. But this is all ridiculous because they're in San Diego because Jen Shaw, of course, can't go anywhere overseas because she's frankly a criminal. But let me catch you up. She's already poured glass on cha- a glass of champagne on her best friend Angie Kay's uh, head, and she also threw her $1,500 shoes into the ocean. 
And then we went to a, uh, a Tongan-themed dinner, I believe, and everybody fights. Um, everybody was fighting for e- at each other, and then Jen forgave Angie, and Heather goes, You lost to Heather Gay! You lost to Heather Gay! Now, I will say this. I've read a couple of theories, and somebody put this one out there in regards to her gigantic black eye. One of the theories going out there that that whatever happened to Heather Gay's eye happened potentially before the trip, and the bruise was already setting in. Because somebody took a screen grab of the dinner, and it looked like a bruise was beginning to form. Um, I don't know. Maybe that person just had a bad TV or something, but... Who knows? And also, like I said, when you tease it and you don't tell us, I don't care. And it makes me mad. So if it is stupid, something stupid like, well, it actually happened a week ago when I tripped down my stairs and I hit a bag of Legos. I'm going to be pissed. Okay, so this is called Season 3, Episode 11, High Stakes and Friendship Breaks. Loving it. We do all those previous scenes, no taglines this time. Everybody's waking up from the night before. Dana, Banana, Meredith are in the kitchen talking about cage-free eggs. We can skip that scene. And then we go out to the pool where Whitney, Lisa, and Angie Kay are in the pool. And there's tons of flotation devices all around, and I just mean the chesticles. This Whitney, her, like, I mean, I don't want to, like, the gazongas on these ladies. I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa. They are just, and I notice it with Miami, too. Huge gazongas everywhere. Gazongas, of course, if they kick the kids out, like, we're talking the bo- about the boobs. They've got these gigantic boobs that just, like, they look good in dresses and stuff, I think. I'm not sure. I don't know. I need some girl to tell me, like, what boobs look, like, what fake boobs look cool and what doesn't. What look, Like, what's meant for, like, guys' attention and what's meant for, because some, I, I just get confused what what is considered attractive to women and what is con- considered attractive to men. Because the men seem like, oh, those huge gazongas. But then sometimes women are like, that's obscene. But even some of these, I'm like, that's obscene. Like Lisa Barlow, I think she's, I mean, she's got fake gazongas too. But hers are a little shaped differently. And I don't know what the, prof- <laughs> I don't know what the professional wording is for these boobs. I like to go. Well, Meditza always makes fun of me. I think, I don't know if I came up with it or Meditza came up with it or, or Caitlin Gayko. We were talking about boobs. We were talking about selling the OC, that character Alex Hall, if you watch that on Netflix. She has fake gazongas and she, um, let's just keep calling them gazongas. Why not? Um, she looks like she has gazongas because she puts them out in every scene. Like that, uh, Alex Hall on Selling the O.C., her gazongas are two separate characters. They're like the Oppenheim brothers, but boobs. And they're always out, and they're like teardrops, and I think they look pretty cool. But I don't know if they look cool to other women or they just look cool to me because I'm a dude. I don't know, and I don't know if that gets into a weird territory. <laughs> For me talking about boobs. But here we are. I just noticed that in Salt Lake, every scene takes place in a body of water. They're either in a hot tub or a jacuzzi or, I mean, or a pool or a shower. There's just water everywhere. This is like more Avatar way of water than Avatar way of water. You know what I'm saying? It's like every scene is like, should we hop in water first? (laughs) It's like, how about we just sit down? Everybody just sit down in their clothes. I mean, this is just a very, there's a lot of skin on Salt Lake. So we're in the pool and Angie Kay's like, did you work out this morning? And when he's like, 
this is my workout. And Lisa's like, my workout was running my mouth last night. And Angie's like, you did get a little jaw workout last night. And there's a flashback of Lisa yelling at Jen at the luau dinner. And Lisa's like, the bottom line is we have all dealt with this for a long time. And it was pre-trial too. It's not anything new. What happened to me on the boat was ridiculous. Like, I was really upset about that. There's no reason to come at me because I'm not treating you badly. I don't want to be pushed. I don't want to be yelled at. Is she my friend? Yeah, but that's unacceptable. I don't treat my friends like that. I don't want to be treated like that. In the confessional, she continues, last night was just more of the same and I'm sick of it. I am there for Jen all the time. And we see flashbacks of all the time Lisa has been supportive of Jen, okay? And Whitney is like, no one's trying to say like we're turning our back on you, Jen. We're just telling you the way that you're treating us hurts and she won't hear it. And Lisa's like, but it's unacceptable what Jen's doing. She keeps doing it. And Angie's like, she doesn't even remember pushing you. She doesn't even know that happened. Did you notice that last night? Because the previous evening, you know, Lisa's like, you like tackled me on the boat. And Jen's like, what? But also, I do want to point out a theory of Jen's also a liar and a con man. So who knows what she really remembers and what she really doesn't. And I'm sorry. I If you're a Jen Shaw fan, I pray for you. But I'm sorry. Just let's call a spade a spade. She's a liar. It's a proven liar at this point. It seems to be how she handles her friendships and business relationships. So um, Whitney's like, that's a problem. That's a problem because much like Heather doesn't even remember we were in a fight. And Angie's like, well, I know when we were in the hot tub, let more water, you were talking about taking a friend break from her. How is that going with you guys? Of course, we get a flashback in this. We have so many flashbacks in Bravo scenes shows. And we go to a flashback of Whitney, Angie, Kate, Jen, and Lisa in another body of water. They're currently in the pool having this scene. And then we flash back to a hot tub where Whitney's talking about the Heather conflict. And Whitney's like, Honestly, I don't even know if she's aware, which I get so confused by. And Angie's like, she doesn't even notice you're absent from her life? And Whitney's like, no. And Lisa's like, I feel like she pushes you. And Whitney's like, she hasn't even noticed. Whitney in a confessional is like, it's just really frustrating where Heather and I are at because we were just in a neutral space. But the moment she got put on blast by Jen, she tried to pull me into it. It is true. Heather is having a flop season. Like, I mean, we're talking, look, kids, a falling star, Heather Gay. It is a flop season. I rewatched this next episode after this one we're going to talk about, and she's just a jerk. I mean, she used to be funny and she still has funny moments, but something else is going on, or at least I hope something else is going on. And she's just not truly a jerk because she's not been a jerk the first two seasons. Something is up. Um, so we get a flashback of Heather bringing Whitney in up in the argument with Jen and Angie H at the choir rehearsals. I do think Heather throws Whitney under the bus a bunch. Whitney in a confessional goes, my hope of rekindling our friendship is diminishing because I don't like this behavior. Lisa's like, you guys, I'm going to go grab a Kit Kat and get ready for the day. Dude, you know, if you cut Lisa Barlow open, it would just be like... It would just it would just be like a fountain, like just one of those fountain drink machines at a Circle K with just chocolate and little Taco Bell beans. And just like her sit and she she's a beautiful woman, beautiful family. They're all just full of just, I mean, just additives. It's just fresh wolf my ass we're talking highly pasteurized additive wolf we see the ladies are gathering for breakfast and everybody's what i love about these ladies they all rebound they all like just freaked out on each other the night before but everybody's like hey how's your morning coffee yeah want a little eggs have a little fruit 
Um, so they're all just making, you know, talk about bacon, you know, you know, Lisa's saying I had a Meredith and she's like, oh God, there's some bacon left over, bacon and berries. And Heather's like, I know I stole some of the berries too. And Lisa's like, what are you doing? And Heather's like, I'm just trying to wake up. Where am I? What day is it? What happened? Who are my friends? Who are my enemies? She's joking, but seriously, I feel like this is a cry for help. Heather in a confessional is like, last night it felt very clear Jen was saying, pick me or pick Angie H. Angie H, of course, was the other Angie that wasn't invited on the trip. And it just you could just tell. By the way, I saw pictures of the reunion and Angie H actually got to be there because Jen Shaw wasn't. I mean, who knows if she would get invited anyways. But you can just tell Angie H was like, I finally got invited somewhere. Woo! And like, what is Andy going to ask her? Like, hey, Angie, did you watch anything cool while these ladies were on their trip on TV? What what do you do a lot of the time? <laughs> so. Heather goes, I'm hoping that after a good night's sleep, she's going to wake up with a clear perspective. My loyalty for Jen throughout all of these circumstances should give me a free pass. Like, I've earned that. If you say friendship bank one more time, Heather Gay, I'm going to pull out all of my money from Wells Fargo. I don't even know if that's the friendship bank you're talking about, but it's going to make me, it's just making me not trust banks. Lisa's like, what did you think of dinner last night? And Heather's like, I thought it was horrible, you know? Then we see Jen going into Angie K's room and Jen's like, hey. And Angie's like, hi. And Jen's like, good morning. And Angie's like, good morning. You look pretty. The way these ladies rebound is shocking. They're psychopaths. They hug. And Angie's like, it was a bad night. It's been a bad weekend. And Jen's like, I'm sorry. I love you. And that should have been followed with, Here's $1,500 for the shoes I threw in the ocean, along with the charcuterie board that potentially killed a dolphin. We go back to the kitchen. Lisa's still talking to Heather. And remember that Heather doesn't like Lisa. Lisa doesn't really like Heather, except Lisa's willing to give Heather a chance because of the Meredith situation, because Meredith hates Lisa because of the hot mic moment. And Lisa's like... This is my take. You and Jen are not in a good spot. I feel like I feel like there's a lot of flip-flopping, and I was trying to bring that up last night. There's a lot of lies. And Heather's like, I could tell everyone was like trying to point that out, that Jen has been talking mad shit on me behind my back. And Lisa's like, it's not mad shit. It's not. It was about feelings. There's a difference. And Heather's like, well, then why was everybody calling Jen a flip-flopper? And Lisa's like, because she's flip-flopping on her feelings. Like, I don't think she was honest with you about them. We go back to Angie's room, and Jen's like... I wasn't trying to disrespect you at all. I love <laughs> throw so many shoes in the ocean, pour champagne on their head. I wasn't trying to disrespect you. Where could you possibly have gotten that clue? And she goes, I was just trying to have fun. And I'm sorry. I didn't know you would take it like that. I'm so sorry. Always a solid apology when you're like, I didn't know you'd take it like that. So it, the onus is on the person, not the person apologizing. And Angie K goes, I know. I mean, you know I'm sensitive. <laughs> of course. See, this is Jen just pulling her Jen con thing. Like, I guess I'm a piece of shit. You know me. And I think that's one of the things that you like about me, Angie K says, is that you know I'm a good person. But I do get my feelings hurt. Do you, Angie K, do you really think Jen Shaw likes you because she thinks you're a good person? I think she likes you potentially because you have good money. Um... She's like, I hate that conversation even came out in front of the other people, and I felt bad. I have a lot of love and respect for you and your family, and even after the shitty day we had last night, I was still there for you. And you acknowledge that, Jen. You knew that I've always been there for you. Just knowing and having you acknowledge my loyalty and friendship is important to me. Like, these girls all need, like, heavy therapy. I need heavy therapy, too. But this is, like, wild. Like, the Jen, thank you for acknowledging just the fact you acknowledged. And Angie goes, I love you, too. Or Jen goes, I love you too. And Angie says, 
In the confessional, Jen has a pattern. She wants to take back everything she does and then expects you to move forward like nothing. But I look at Jen totally different now. Well, Angie, we wouldn't know because you just kissed her ass in another scene. And I think everything's fine again. But then in a confessional, you get all like, oh, I'm going to say what's actually going on. Say it to their face. Every time somebody says something in their confessional, they didn't. This is a new rule. So bad it's good rule 2023. If this happens again in a scene, you get cattle prodded. You get cattle, you get a, you get cattle prodded in your confessional. If she says this and she didn't say it to Jen to her face and you get, she gets cattle prodded, period. Um, so they say they're going to hit the restart button, whatever. We're back to the kitchen. Heather's like, it's important to me to be a good friend, but I think we have a very toxic relationship with Jen. All of us. Heather, ding, ding, ding. Yes. Yes. Mutiny. Get her the fuck out of the house. Call the parole board or whatever. She's done. Call the cops. She threw what prop the property damage into the ocean. We get flashback to Jen's greatest hits throughout the seasons of the show of her flipping out, blah, blah, blah. And Heather's like, I don't want to have to abandon her. Like, like one of maybe the lowest times of her life. Heather in a confessional goes, I love Jen, but the stakes keep getting raised. What before I just thought of was Jen Shaw behavior high and lows now seems to be a lot more destructive. And I feel like Lisa and I got the brunt of Jen's anger and frustration more than anybody else. I mean, this is the, I mean, once somebody... Once the Southern District or once she gets sentenced, I just hope people are like, I don't give a fuck what you do to me, Jen Shaw. You have no power over me. It's like believing in Freddy Krueger. Like, just don't believe in him and he goes away. Don't give Jen Shaw the power that she so desperately craves and wants. Period. Basically, this scene continues and Heather's talking about, I didn't want to come on the trip. Things have been weird with Whitney. You know, they haven't spoken at all. Remember, you know... Heather's big thing is just now manhandling Whitney in scenes and pushing her of like, um, and saying she's usually my go-to girl and I've been able to hang out with her. She's going skiing with you and Jen. She's inviting you over to hot tub, man, these ladies in their hot tubs, like, give me a little bit of grace. Heather says, by the way, Heather says grace every episode now. In fact, in last week's episode, the one we'll do next, she says grace again. And I feel like this is part of the housewives handbook that they must give like buzzwords. I feel like it's Andy on watch what happens live. Like every time Heather says grace drink and make sure you're not driving. Um, she's like, I'm trying hard to love you and be your friend. And Lisa's like, how do you want to handle it today? What are you hoping for today? And Heather's like, today I want to go knock on Jen's door and sit down and say, last night was really rough. Rough. I love you, but we're in a very toxic relationship. It's fueled by really fun times with a lot of alcohol. And it's followed up with really, really sad times with Lots of tears, lots of feelings, and lots of angers and violence. And Lisa goes, that sounds honest. And Heather's like, and everyone keeps saying to me, you're you're not hearing me. You're making too light of this. You're not going getting deep into feelings. And guess what? If I did, I don't know that we'd stay friends. Heather, every fucking thing you say to other people that isn't Jen Shaw is literally about how you shouldn't be friends with Jen Shaw. Like it. This show is all about people not saying the things to the people that they're talking about. This show in particular, and that's why it's such a weird David Lynchian vibe, this Willy Wonka kind of otherworldly vibe with Salt Lake in particular, because it's a bunch of ladies talking about how they really feel about the other lady to the other ladies and not the lady that they feel that way to. The lady they feel that way to, they say they love and adore and they have the best time, but it's just it's just a mess. So the ladies are getting ready to leave for the beach, and Lisa in the confessional is like, I'm excited for a beach day. You know, this is definitely not Turks and Queso. 
I said queso. Oh my gosh, this is not like Turks and Caicos? <laughs> you know, I was hoping for like Turks and Caicos with like white sand beaches, but it's better than the frigid cold. Don't use that, you guys. Don't use that. And of course, the producers use that. Uh, Jen goes, you guys, we got to go, though. Is everybody ready? The ladies all go to the Sprinter van where there are cameras in the Sprinter van for a beach picnic and a competition setup. These are one of those times where we're about to see some beach scenes where they play games. And I'm like, Yo, this ain't the challenge on MTV, man. Just put them at a bar, put them on a couch, like literally put just drive them around on a sprinter van for eight hours. I don't need to get them, see them get dressed up into like fucking sumo outfits. Uh, anyway, so we have these gay and always like the poor people. They're like, hey, I'm Randy and this is uh, this is Angie and we're here to help you play beach games. And anyway, so they're they're playing games they're putting their beach chairs down and Heather asks Angie Kay, what's your first girl's trip like? And she's like, day one, I called Sean. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't wait to get home. And Dana Banana, who barely talks. And the Dan, the hope of I like Dana Banana because she calls it as she sees it. I just wish she had more airtime and more things that she would say. But being the voice of reason, you're always going to stomp that voice of reason out. You're like, wait a sec. You think too clearly. And I know that Dana Banana gets in in gets into it with Jen at some point because she's in that trailer going, I won't put money on your books, Jen one like, and gets into it with Jen. So I can't wait for that Dana banana to come out, but I like Dana. She's just not in it a lot or enough for my liking. Um, so Dana's like, Oh, I know. I was like, book my next flight home. So they're all commiserating about how whole, like how scary the first girl's trip is. Um, and I get that. So we get a flashback to the van ride to the beach when Angie tells everyone that she and Jen made up. So we do a flashback, even though they could have just shown us this scene on the way to the beach. But they're like, let's surprise the audience and get them to the beach. And then we'll flash back to the drive to the beach just so they really get confused. Angie K in this flashback's like, I mean, yesterday I told them, I said, I don't even know if I can be friends with her anymore. That's how I'm feeling right now. And Heather's like, yeah, I've been there. What did she say? And Angie K goes, you know what? She felt really bad. I mean, she viewed me as family. She's talking about Jen Shaw. I don't think she really realized how uncomfortable it was going to make everybody. And I'm like, dude, have you seen Salt Lake? Heather's like, do you feel like she felt like you checked her and she was not expecting that? And Angie K goes, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I don't think Jen felt that. Heather in a confessional goes, I don't know why there's so much conflict with us, but I know I don't want there to be conflict. Uh, and so with Jen and Lisa, I want this to be discussed and resolved so that we can all move forward as friends. I like, I, there should have been a, I don't know why there's so much conflict with us, but I know I don't want there to be conflict. <laughs> you should have just heard like seen a hand, like a producer's hand just come and slap Heather Gay's head. Maybe that's where she got the black eye. Whitney, uh, Dana, Angie K, Meredith go to the beach and go surfing while Jen, Heather and Lisa go to lunch. Um, now, uh, this is going to be, you know, this is going to be dicey. We'll, we'll get into this a little bit and try to, I do want to talk about trigger warnings because we do talk about, um, you know, harming yourself and, and suicide and things like that. So that's the scene that's coming up. So I just want to warn people in advance. If you want to fast forward, I know that, uh, of course is very triggering for some people, myself included. Um, so Heather in a confessional is like, I'm dreading this conversation with Jen. And now we're adding allergic reactions as a possible hazard because Jen just revealed she has a seafood allergy, which I, then I, you know, I checked a lot of the prison menus. I just did that uh, story yesterday on the prison holiday film, uh, holiday meals. 
Jen's all in the clear. They do not serve uh, any kind of lobster, crab, really any shellfish. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, <laughs> they're, they, uh, no mussels, no, uh, they do. Yeah, no, there's no, no. Yeah. You're good on, you're good on prison on that case. But Jen reveals she has this allergy and Heather's like, oh, great. Oh, now she has an allergy too. I'm already responsible for the Chris Harrington webpage, which is the Finsta Instagram account. Shaw exposed. And now I'm going to be responsible for a trip to the ER. And Heather goes, I have to say, today was great. Fun day. And Jen goes, I think we all had fun. And Heather, Heather goes, yesterday was like, and Lisa goes, horrible. And Heather goes, it was really hard for you. And you know what I mean? And Jen goes, yeah. And Heather goes, how do you feel when you woke up? And Jen goes, unsure of what was going on. And Lisa goes, yesterday was rough for me because I think like it started off so rough. And then like on the boat, I was, I was even more uncomfortable because I thought you and I were fine and I'm sorry. And Jen goes, you and I are fine. I think I was bugged with you, Lisa, because obviously I'm not a mean person. Hold for laughter, everybody. Let's hold for laughter. Okay. (laughs) Okay. You're not a mean person. Uh, she goes, I'm not just going to throw champagne on someone. I was trying to lighten it up. Once again, she is going with the carrot top prop comic of like, I'm a prop comic. That's what I do. I use props to make people laugh. (laughs) I'm like patch Adams with alcohol. (laughs) I just felt like you didn't even give me the chance to like, I don't know. We didn't talk about it. Whatever. This, this is a perfect Gen Con paragraph, a lie that builds into, you know, I'm great, not a mean person. So a compliment for herself. And then also a, just a complete falling apart at the end, but goes, I didn't even get a chance to let you know, but I, whatever. And Lisa goes, yeah. And Jen goes, so I'm sorry if I was mean to you because you were like over there with Angie. And Lisa goes, you know, Jen, it's hard for me because I'm going to be super honest with you. I'm sensitive when it comes to you. You're my friend and I care about you. I literally will like temper myself in things and like want to like make you feel like good. I know you're going through a lot, but sometimes it's hard because like yesterday I was like, Jen, are you my friend? Say you're my friend. And you wouldn't even say it. And Jen goes, of course. Oh, I mean, well, I was mad at Angie. And Lisa goes, I need to hear it. I was mad at Angie. I'm sorry. And that was the brunt of it. And Heather goes, we need to talk about everything that went down yesterday, Jen, especially what went down with us at dinner. Because the last thing we we really ended is that you gave me an ultimatum. Do you think our relationship is toxic? Dun, dun, dun. Commercial break. We come back from commercial break. Jen goes, yeah, because you know what? We hashed this out at my house. And I told you, are you okay with what Angie did? And are you going to continue to be friends? And Heather goes, are you unclear on me being okay with what she did? Are you unclear on that? And Jen goes, I feel like you flip-flop all the time. That's the problem. Heather goes, flip-flop? How have I flip-flopped? And Jen goes, you're still friends with her. You didn't hold her accountable. I love, I love that Jen Shaw is telling Heather that she needs to be accountable for her friend's horrible social media etiquette. When, (laughs) at the same token, Jen is fucking toxic enemy number one on Twitter. I mean, now that Beverly Hills is over and Lisa Renna is not on there anymore, but Jen is, I mean, Jen is a steaming pile of messy shit on social media. And still to this day, even near sentencing, she's still running her mouth on Twitter. Like on Wednesday nights, her family needs to take that phone away and chuck it into the ocean like it's a pair of Angie K's shoes. 
Um, so Jen's like, you're still friends with her. You didn't hold her accountable. And Heather's like, I thought we resolved that. I thought you understood. And Lisa's like, can I, wait, can I just say something? Lisa, of course, like, can we bring it back to me? And Heather goes, this is bigger than all of us. And Lisa goes, let's remove that from the conversation. That was hurtful. And Heather goes, I thought you forgave me and we were good. We were good when I left your couch that day. And Jen goes, yes, we were. We get a flashback to Jen telling Heather about the Shaw Post Instagram. Okay, we saw that Jen anymore. And then Heather goes, and how do you think I feel finding out two days later, you're in the hot tub at Whitney's house talking shit on me. How do you, how do, how do you think I feel knowing that you did another scene in a body of water talking shit about me? And Jen goes, I didn't, Heather. We get a flashback to the hot tub and Jen is talking about Heather a lot in the hot tub, in the hot, hot tub, talking shit in the hot tub, hit a hot, hood hot, talking shit in the hot tub, out of Heather Gay, in the hot tub. Heather's like, with you, it's ride or die, or you're dead to me. And Jen goes, no, that's not true. And Lisa goes, I think the bottom line is I want to be around you and you not have to worry about what the fuck is going to happen today. Like, Jen, my world has been rocked for the, like the last 24 hours. Lisa, just like, this is like, I love when people aren't listening to people. And then Lisa's like, let me remind you about me, Lisa Barlow. And Jen goes, I don't even know what this is about. And Heather goes, you know what it's about. The cycle of one day I'm throwing shoes over the yacht with you and laughing and feeling like the sun's shining, but the sun doesn't shine on the same dog's ass every day. Weird example, Heather. And it even it even could have been my shoes if things got, had gone a different way. Heather, nobody cares about your Payless shoes. And Heather goes, and that is terrifying and toxic. And Jen goes, I am not terrifying and toxic. Hold for laughs. Hold for laughs. What we're going to stop doing, and Heather goes, our relationship is, and Jen goes, and you want to know why it is? Because you flip-flop. And Heather goes, because of me? You flip-flop, Heather. I flip-flop? So if I behave correctly, you treat me better. No, no, because your actions don't align with what you verbally tell me, because when you sat in my house, figure it out, Jen, Heather says. And Jen goes, no, you figure it out, because you flip-flop so much. You should be wearing some flip-flops. Holy shit, that is the worst line in Housewives history. You flip-flop so much, you should be wearing some flip-flops. You flip, that sounds like one of the theater, like unique New York, unique New York, unique New York, like a warm-up exercise. You should be, <laughs> you flip-flop so much, you should be wearing flip-flops. Flip-flop. Heather in a confessional goes, I can see her wheels turning. Lisa and I are holding Jen accountable and I can see on her face that she does not like what she's hearing and she does not want to hear anymore. Heather goes, I love you and I care about you, Jen, but when I came to San Diego and saw it go from co-host to champagne in the face, but then it escalated, 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 and then it came at Lisa, and then to have it circle back and be all about, like, me and an ultimatum, and Jen goes, I never gave you an ultimatum, and Heather goes, I have to choose between you and Angie? Jen goes, let me finish, please. I almost committed suicide. I tried to, Okay. Because your friend is heartless and decided to drag me and my entire family. And Heather's like, okay, okay. And Jen's like, because Omar and Sharif weren't going to have a mom. Sharif wasn't going to have a wife. Jen in the confessional goes, I've always felt like a pretty strong person. But when I found out about Shaw Exposed, it came on a day when there was a lot of negativity about the trial. And I got to the point that day where I was done. I locked myself in the bathroom and Coach was so scared, he had to kick the door down because he didn't know what I was going to do. And Coach had to take me to the hospital. I was there for two and a half days. Nobody would lie about this, right? Right? Tell me, right? Right? I hate these shows because... First off, if this happened, and like I said before, Jen Shaw shouldn't be on this season. This is really serious. 
when you take your life or try to take your life, it's a very, very, I mean, I, 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 I've known people who have done that and who have tried to have done that. And it's just, it's, it's so horrifying. It's so horrible. And we like to, I like to make fun of these shows. I like to laugh with them. And, um, and this is horrifying. And it's also horrifying that there's like this little piece in the back of your head that is like, well, did this happen? Is this another one of Jen's lies? But nobody would lie about this. But at the same time, then I was going back and I was like looking at her bathroom and other episodes, seeing if a door was kicked in. But if you were in a hospital for two and a half days, like, why are you filming? Why is production allowing you to film? Why is coach allowing you to film? I know you might need money, but really? We even just found out that this season of the show and your behavior actually hurt your sentencing. It's counting against you, your behavior. Also, there are so many bad things happening to Jen Shaw right now that you can understand where somebody would want to potentially harm themselves to take themselves away from this pain. Of course, I don't have to say that this would, of course, make her two sons and coach just unbearable grief even more than what a prison sentence would do. Um, and I'm so glad that she didn't, uh, she wasn't successful if this happened. I'm, I'm really, I, 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 all joking aside, but it is one of those things is that these kind of things shut down a conversation. And also it wakes you up when you're watching this show and you're enjoying or not even enjoying, but it's just ridiculous, the show. And then something like this is just stark and sobering and really, really dark. Um, and you can't really, it shuts down that conversation. Like you can't, Jen, I mean, Heather and Lisa can't have a conversation with Jen now. She introduced harming herself now. And the other thing is the Shaw Exposed account. It's horrible, right? But we've all seen things worse said about Jen, and we've all seen Jen say worse things about other people. If you go see this Shaw Exposed account, which is actually not even run by Angie anymore. Angie gave it to Jen Shaw. So Jen Shaw or whoever on her team is running that account, and it's pro-Jen Shaw now. But it wasn't about Jen Shaw. It was attacking Lisa Barlow. A really fucking dumb name for an account attacking Lisa Barlow. But Lisa Barlow was the one in the comments that they were really going after. So I was just like, this is what did it? Like, I consume this stuff 24 hours a day, you guys. This has turned into my life and has been for a couple of years now. And I wasn't aware of this account. I am now because of the show, but I did know a couple of accounts that were very not gen friendly that I was like, well, what about this account? How did I mean, this must have really hurt you too, but it was this account that was picked out. And, and I, I don't know, I, I, you have to believe Jen because you just don't want to believe anybody would ever make something like that up. But I do hope if, you know, I would, I would hope production would have something in place where if this happened in the timeline, she's saying when she found this out, that was during filming. So production knew that she took her life and was out for two and a half days and then let her come back to film. And she took her, she tried to take her life because of something that was a direct plot line on the show. You guys see what I'm saying? Like where my confusion lies? Because I know everybody's like, well, they want their entertainment. I'm like, they do, but come on. They're not, Bravo's not monster monsters. They're just not. They want an entertaining housewife shows of petty drama and lies. But sometimes I think they they know. Come on. Like we just it's not I just don't believe that Bravo's like, great, good for us. She tried to harm herself. Let's keep her filming. Like I just 
I, I find that hard to believe. I, I wish I knew more about this, but so this, this conversation gets brought up and Jen's like, you guys have no fucking idea. You have no idea. The bullying is not okay. And Heather's like, I don't think it's okay. I love you. And I've been ride or die for you. It's not that it's about our dynamic. And Jen goes, do you know how hard it was for me to even talk to you? Because I do love and care. You hurt my fucking feelings. And Heather's like, I get it. You need to recognize the cycle. And Jen goes, oh, I need to recognize the cycle. You all have cycles. It's my fucking fault. And she walks away. The bullying line, like this is just, I I think she is just a very troubled woman. And I think she is so used to, and I'm not talking about harming herself, but she's so used to lying in conversations and arguments because I think every relationship and every conversation is a chess game to Jen Shaw and she wins most of the time or she, you know, and she is such a huge personality and so charming. If she used her personality for good, I think she, I mean, would be incredible I mean, truly could be a historic housewife for something other than going to prison, but she's used it. I mean, like even in this conversation, you read it back like, you know, it's like I always say I studied theater. And so you read it back like a script and you're going like, oh, my God, the beats are all here. You can see where she switches tactics because it doesn't go her way. And then her vocal range goes up. The yelling starts because she can't go soft. And if that doesn't work, she can bring the tears on. And if that doesn't work, she just leaves scene exit right. Lisa in a confession goes, the conversation's over. I mean, the bottom line is Jen just dropped something so heavy, Bob the Builder couldn't even move it. Solid Bob the Builder reference, Lisa. Nice. Heather's like, I'm not going to pile on a friend, but I feel like she's once again upping the ante. So, so heavy. Federal indictment, suicide. And Lisa goes, you're validated in your feelings. I hope you know that. We're going to back each other. And Heather's like, let's stop making it about our issues, which we can work through slowly but surely. Let's be a united front in supporting our friend Jen, but also recognizing her toxic behavior and being able to vent to each other about it. This is dark shit, you guys. This is like, let's be a great friend to Jen, but also realize she's completely toxic and potentially ruins people's relationships. Jen walks back to the table and Lisa's like, listen, Jen, I had no idea. (coughs) I had no idea. I learned new stuff today. I just used a Bob the Builder reference in my talking head. Like, you know about why you went to the hospital? Nobody wants you to feel that way. And Jen goes, I am done. Please, please. So they're going. But Lisa's like, I'm your friend. That's all I want you to know. And Jen goes, what the fuck do I have to say? When I finally kill myself, everybody will be like, oh, she was telling the truth. God forbid, I pray that does, I truly, that's horrifying. I mean, that's like when I just wish like, God, camera's down, guys, send her home. Jen, Lisa, and Heather get back in the van to go home. We see the other ladies in the car headed back to the house too. So everybody's going back to the house. Um, and uh, Angie K goes, you know, I was going to share something with you, Whitney. I was sitting by Heather on the beach and she was very open about you. And I ho- I'm hoping you'll be able to talk to her. And Whitney's like, Heather is my very good friend and I love her. And we have an awkward situation right now. In a confessional, Whitney goes, I really only see two pathways for Heather and I to get back to the way things were. It's either I just let it go and sweep under the rug or Heather's going to have to realize she hurt me and she's going to have to take accountability and hear me out. The ladies go to the kitchen. Dana offers to make coffee, but Whitney says, no, we're drinking wine. And Whitney's like, I'm really excited to see everyone's Marilyn inspired looks tonight. But don't worry, just do your makeup because I got your hair covered. They're doing a Marilyn Monroe. Look out, Kim Kardashian and the Met Gala. Look out, Ripley's Believe It or Not. Whitney bought some wigs off Amazon. Whitney in a confessional goes, from a young age, I have been obsessed with Marilyn Monroe. And everyone knows I love a theme party and a dress up party. And we get a flashback to all those parties. Maybe we'll finally say how we feel if we don't recognize each other. 
Angie K goes, this better not be a cheap wig because I don't choose to outlook that way. And Whitney goes, oh, they're cheap wigs. <laughs> Back to the Sprinter van. Jan's, Jen's crying. Heather and Lisa are consoling her. Heather in confession was like, Jen and I have a very complicated relationship because that's kind of what our friendship is. I, I went to lunch wanting to like criticize her. And now I just want to like support her and let her know she's loved. It's almost like Jen Shaw, whatever she did, it worked on Heather because she forgot about her issues with her and just wants to love her now. Um, and Heather goes, Jen, Jen, are we turning up tonight? And Jen's like, I don't know what I'm doing. And Heather goes, isn't it Marilyn Monroe? And Lisa goes, oh my God. And Heather in a confessional goes, hope is not lost. We're distraught, but we are not broken. We're going to buck up. We're going to get some glam. We're going to get some water and we're going to rally just like Marilyn Monroe would expect us to do. Heather, Marilyn Monroe doesn't give a fuck what you do. Like, honestly, like. Marilyn's like, geez, please do not. I, I'm literally laying out in heaven right now, and I'm hearing you guys speak my name. I already had that Anna Darnis movie and Pete Davidson and the Kim Kardashian shit, but now I have to come down for a Salt Lake thing so you guys can party well. Um, we come back from commercial break. Everybody's getting ready. And Whitney's delivering the wigs. We see everybody getting glam. Jen, by the way, has Jen Shaw, ladies and gentlemen, has the most glam there of all the ladies. She has a full, like, this room that looks like just all wigs and shit. It's like, how much money? Like, is this is this Angie money that should have been going to Coach Shaw's birthday party in that room? The ladies are leaving for dinner and Jen is late, so she has to run out to catch the van. And Jen in a confessional goes, I may not be on time, but I look Gucci. I'm like, whatever. The ladies arrive at a restaurant called Barrel and Board. It's a restaurant that serves only charcuterie boards. Ah, uh, lady boner time. Charcuterie. The only thing that can make these Salt Lake ladies more excited right now if it was a restaurant that was in a hot tub. Like, barrel and board and tubs. Charcuterie boards in a hot tub. Whitney in a confession goes, we all know these women love a charcuterie board, so what better place to have dinner than a place that only serves charcuterie the ladies order margarita flight champagne everything gets going they talk about surfing earlier meredith asks about lunch with jen and meredith meredith is like jen lisa heather what went on when you guys left us starving and you guys went dining and angie k goes yeah how was lunch and there's an awkward silence and heather goes lunch was kind of like our relationship it was hard and there were highs and lows and whitney goes do you feel like you got anywhere? Like it was good? And Jen goes, we're not going to bring that up right now because it's way too fucking personal. And it's way too emotional. Jen, you can also just say, yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, good. It was good. It was fun. Good. Okay, cool. Anyways, what's everybody having for an appetizer? Like, <laughs> You don't have to go, it's way too fucking personal. Whitney goes, but when you say we, do you mean the three of you or you two? That's all I want to know. Because Whitney wants to know if Heather... And Jen talked, or Heather, Jen, and Lisa talked. And Jen's like, the three of us. And Winnie goes, oh, another awkward pause. And Jen goes, okay, do you want me to break it down for you? Because you want to know, you're digging, you want to know. And Winnie's like, I'm not digging, I'm asking. I told him I commit, I tried to commit suicide. And then Sharif had to take me to hospital. And that's, so that's why Angie, Chris Harrington thing hit me, hit my husband so hard because I did try to take my life. So are we good? Is that what you wanted to know? Because you want to dig and dig and dig. And Whitney's like, uh. Because Whitney literally goes, can I ask a question? Are you guys all good? Oh, there you go. Digging again. Dig, 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 dig. I just wanted to know. Oh, dig. I swear to God, Whitney reminds me so much of Garth from Wayne's World. If you're going to spew, spew in this. <laughs> Party on, Wayne. Party 
<laughs> Whitney in a confession was like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. Like, I wasn't at the lunch. I don't know that they talked about her attempted suicide. Like, don't you think I should get a hall pass on this one? Because I have no idea what y'all talked about. Jango, since you're being very inquisitive right now, I have some questions. It kept coming up at lunch today when where Heather kept saying, Jen, you talked all this shit about me in Whitney's hot tub. And when he's like, we were having a conversation of about you and I agreeing that we want to talk to Heather. And Jen's like, but why don't you tell Heather how you feel since we're all putting our feelings on the table? We come back and Whitney goes, I have multiple times. And Jen goes, well, tell her in front of us. How did, once again, this power dynamic switch up where they're like, how was the lunch? Tried to hurt myself. Anyways, Whitney, you son of a bitch. Um, Heather's like, I don't think you have. And Jen goes, I think the messages are mixed. And Heather goes, I am horrified. But also, like, also, I do want to point out all these ladies are dressed like Marilyn. If Marilyn had just been, like, in a potato sack, just stomped on. They all just, I mean, some of them look okay. Just some wild looks. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I wish the lighting was darker in this scene. It's it just, it's a lot. It's a lot. It just, and they're yelling on top of it. It's, I, it's not doing anything for Marilyn's, <laughs> Marilyn Monroe estate should sue. Um so Heather's like, I'm horrified. I didn't realize that there were still unfinished feelings and unfinished conversations to have. It's news to me, so I'd like to hear it. Heather has no problem talking and standing up to Whitney because she everybody thinks Whitney's a lesser person because she has a light voice. Nobody has a problem standing up to Whitney. Everybody has a problem standing up to Jen. Heather, Jen says one thing. Heather backs down like, oh, I'm so sorry, Miss Chaw. I'm so sorry. But with Whitney, no, it's all steam. Uh, it's all systems go. Lisa's like, Heather, you've heard it all. You've heard it all. And Heather goes, then why is she telling you guys and not me? Why is this still an issue? Because I have told you multiple times and you don't hear me. Okay, so there's no resolve. Every time I try to tell you how I'm feeling, tell me what though? You deflect, you get defensive and you leave. We get all these flashbacks of examples of Heather doing this. And Jen goes, so you've never actually gotten to tell her? Is that what you're saying? Oh, I've tried many times. Heather goes, well, then tell me now. Tell me now. Tell me now. I've never actually, because it seems like you've been at the source of a lot of this stuff and like, you're my girl. I'm not the source of any of it. Do you know who puts me at the source? It's you. Because when you are in turmoil, the source is me. Yeah, you put pulled me in and wrote me into it. Flashback to Heather bringing up Whitney when she and Jen were arguing over Angie H. at the luau. Whitney's like, last night when you were both getting to a point of resolving your issues, you would then take it and spin it and try to make it something that we... And Jen's like, Whitney, I think you need to be very careful right now because that's not what happened. Heather goes, yeah, that's not what happened. <laughs> Yeah, what Jen said. And Whitney's like, that is exactly what happened. And Jen's like, no, everybody at this table, Whitney, I'm telling you, that is not what happened. And Jen's like, do not make me throw some kind of weird excuse to get everybody to shut up again. Lisa in a confession was like, I'm having deja vu right now. I know what's happening here. If it doesn't suit a narrative Jen and Heather want, that's when you have a problem with Heather and Jen. It doesn't matter if it's based in lies, made up stuff. Not really. It doesn't matter. If you don't go along with it, you're the problem. And Lisa's like, Whitney's saying she just wanted Jen to talk to you and for all of us to be out of it. And Heather's like, I would never intentionally do anything to hurt you. And I would never say anything otherwise. And anyone at this table, have I ever said anything otherwise? We get a flashback to Heather telling Whitney she lost her as a friend in Scottsdale. You just lost me as a friend. Whitney's like, Heather, look at me. And Heather's like, I would like to hear it. Have I ever said anything otherwise? Heather, look at me. But she has said otherwise to all of you. And that's a big thing. 
No, look at me, Heather. Why are you... See, she's roping everyone in. Do you see what I'm saying? This is my point. Every time I try to speak and make my point, you cut me off. You get defensive and you deflect. Okay, the floor is yours. Go ahead. Go. No, I just asked you five times to hear me. It's yours. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. What do you need? Okay, I'm listening. No, you're not. Heather in a confessional goes, I'm confused on what planet Whitney is living on. This feels like Alice in Wonderland and I'm talking to the Cheshire Cat. But you're not listening. But you're not hearing. But your ears aren't open. But you're not, you don't understand. What am I not listening or hearing? What? This is what I got to say. Heather's on a different planet this season, man. And I'm telling you, you guys, there's a lot of weird, like sometimes hate for, for Whitney. And I don't get it because what Whitney is saying here is dead on read back the transcripts court reporter, please. It's dead on. Correct. It's just that she says it in this baby voice. So it gets overpowered very easily and it's hard to hear on the ears sometimes. And we push, we zone out on it. So it's sometimes we don't hear as an audience. I'm telling you guys, listen, I would be lovely to be the first to say like, but like Whitney is right on this. Trust me. Whitney goes, you don't hear me when I have needed you. You say you don't remember the conversation. You don't remember. And Heather goes, when have I needed you? When you were saying a rumor that I never signed up for? We get a flashback to Heather denying those rumors in Arizona about, you know, knowing about Lisa cheating, you know, at the basketball game. And Whitney goes, because I know that you know about the rumor. And Heather goes, be specific. You said it yourself in L.A. that you know all this information about Lisa. And Meredith goes, but Whitney, you said I started a rumor that I never heard either. Meredith, of course, listen. Listen, Meredith, Meredith, congratulations. I mean, literally, I thought I held grudges for a long time. I feel like on Meredith's tombstone, it's going to be something like, and by the way, Lisa Barlow's companies are a horrible failure. Don't listen to anything she said about my husband, Seth, and his 4,000 employees. Like, she is not going to ever let this go. It will never be let go. It will, I mean, this, she's going to take this to the grave. Whitney goes, I've taken accountability that I, and Meredith goes, no, you haven't. And Whitney goes, have I not, Lisa? Lisa goes, I feel like she's taken 100% accountability. You told Heather. Are you kidding me? You told Jen. Lisa has told John. You have told Seth that I started these rumors, which did not happen. Meredith is just full. And like this once again, it's like, how did this get on Whitney? Whitney goes, I've taken accountability and everyone's using it to skirt around the fact that they talked shit about Lisa. In a confessional, Whitney goes, can we give Meredith some bread to soak up some of the alcohol? Because clearly she doesn't remember that we've already gone over this about a gazillion times. You started talking about Lisa first. I piled on with what I knew. Back in the scene, Whitney's like, I have never ever said you started the rumors, Meredith. You came to my house and that's when we talked about it. I am sorry that you feel like I have betrayed your trust, but I swear to God, the way I remember it is that it was so awkward when you arrived at my house, I had to do my dishes. We get a flashback to earlier scene of the scene and Whitney's unloading her dishwasher. I'm like, you guys, I don't need a flashback for everything. I trust you, really. Honestly, I'm not like, oh, hmm. She is unloading a dishwasher and Meredith is in this scene. 
When he goes, because I didn't know what to do with that energy. And Meredith's like, the conversation didn't even start till we were outside. I know, but you walked in. So like, I knew I'm a vibe girl. You came in uncomfortable because you knew we were going to have a conversation. Meredith rolls her eyes. and Lisa goes, I think in Scottsdale, all Whitney was pointing out was the hypocrisy of our friend group. Like, you have to say sorry. You have to say sorry. You're a horrible person. You're a horrible person. When everybody is fucked up in this friend group. Am I wrong? What everyone needs to realize here is you have to be accountable to what the portion that played in it. Heather goes, we're ta- we're talking about honestly, we're talking about honesty and accountability. Like she has not admitted to me that she's said one even thing contrary to me in the hot tub. And Jen goes, okay, so at the hot tub, Whitney told us she was taking a friend break from you. And Heather goes, oh shit, news to me. Every time I try, news to me. Because you don't care how I feel. A friendship break? Yeah, that's what this is. Okay, well, in this group, you're going to take a friendship break from me. Good to know. And Jen goes, wait, I thought you guys talked about this. This is like a who's on first. Who's on first? I don't know. What's on second? Who's on third? Jen's like, uh, Heather goes, absolutely not. Never said a word. Every time I see her, we love each other. We show up in the matching outfits. And Whitney goes, no, 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 no. Heather's like, everything's good. Whitney goes, every time we see each other, this is what happens. And Heather goes, that's fully bullshit that you would tell people that you say to your worst enemies in the world that we're on a friendship break. Glad to know. You ladies are all in your, like, close to 40s or something, and you're, like, fighting about a term like friendship break? What is, this is fucking not Ross and Rachel. What the, what the fuck? When he's like, they're not my worst enemies in the world. And Heather's like, team up, sister, because that's complete bullshit and i have not done anything to deserve that and you know what for me loyalty is the fucking deal breaker so deal broken and angie k goes did you really not feel her absent in your life and heather goes i've sensed it every single minute and jen goes can i break something down real quick from an outside perspective why not jen you seem like totally clear-headed and totally normal and totally uh willing to say honestly everything that's happening and whitney goes please and jen goes when we were in the hot tub (laughs) basically whitney said i didn't give you guys a chance i didn't get to know you because I just did what Heather told me. And Heather goes, but I'm right or die for Jen. So why would you? And Whitney goes, exactly. Because sometimes I feel like Heather, what the fuck? You give Jen so many graces and chances when I feel like I haven't been in as big of fights as you two have. So when she shows you more loyalty than me, it hurts me. And Jen goes, I get it. I get it. I mean, that's it right there, you guys. That's somebody being open and vulnerable and saying like, yo, I thought we were special friends, but I see you give nutty Jen like bent over backwards in the weirdest ways for this woman. Whitney in a confessional goes, I do not understand Heather and Jen's relationship because it's very toxic. But Heather is blindly loyal to Jen, someone who treats her like shit. Why don't I get the same loyalty as her family and her closest friend? And Heather's like, because my love for you is overpowering this bullshit that you're trying to stir up. Heather, when he goes, okay, that's it right there. That's it right there. Bullshit. This is not bullshit. I know. Heather goes, to me, it feels like a little bit of bullshit. Well, okay. This is why we're on a friend break because our issue is not that deep. And the fact that we can't have a conversation about it is why we're on a friendship break. You made it very deep right now. And the truth is Lisa is going to bat for you. No, what's deep about it? Heather goes, like, I haven't heard of anything about these rumors if I hadn't talked to you, which is exactly what Meredith was saying. And Whitney goes, you still won't listen, Heather. You're talking over me. You're deflecting me. And you're getting louder than me and pointing your finger in my face. And Heather goes, I'm being silent as a mouse. So let's hear it. No, I have. Like, like, give it to me right now. Now you don't want the opportunity? No, because it shatters me. Now's not the right time. So now it's just, you're fucking still doing it right now, Heather. 
And Heather goes, then speak and say what you want to say. And then Heather goes, I have. <laughs> no, she goes, I I have. And she stands up from the table. And Heather goes, then say it again. It shouldn't be that hard if you said it a million times to everyone in the room except for me. I just said it to you. And you, you did not. I'm sorry that I did not hear you. And I'm also sorry that you've hated Lisa until this very moment. And Lisa goes, Heather, don't say that. And Heather goes, and now you're like flipping and you love her. No, Heather, that's when you need to stop. Why is it bad that we're having progression? I actually feel reprieved. I love that Lisa's like, wait, what? No, wait. Heather goes, because guess what? Two steps forward, three steps back. No one has had more bad things to say about you than Whitney Rose. Heather, by the way, talk about shitty friend right there. Lisa in a confessional goes, Whitney and I have already discussed the fact that she talked badly about me a year ago. That's not the issue here. Heather, you're the issue here right now. You're not listening to Whitney and you're trying to make it about everybody else but you. So you don't have to deal with it, but we're going to deal with it. Whitney returns to the table and Angie's like, are you okay? And she's like, no, I'm not okay. And I was like, what would you like to hear now? Everyone be quiet so I can hear Whitney. That's demeaning. Don't do that, please. And Meredith's like, Heather, you're... Heather goes, I just said everyone be quiet so I can hear what Whitney's saying to me. And Meredith goes, you're saying things at face value and attributing other means because of the dynamic that's going on right now. Oh, wow. Okay, Meredith. Jen goes, whispering to Angie K, this shit is messy over there, just so you know it is. And Angie goes, over where? Right there. Okay. And I'm like, okay, thanks, Jen. Meredith goes, come in at face value to give face value. And Heather goes, that sounds like a Whitney problem. And Meredith goes, and let's move on. Speak. Angie K goes, hey, Heather. And Wendy goes, Heather, you are my really good friend, but I'm trying to tell you that I have to have a boundary and space because Heather, friend, Heather goes, friendship break is the term you use with these guys. You invited them over to a hot tub party and you talked friendship break. And Lisa goes, no, she didn't. You didn't ever use friendship break. She never used that term. You know what she said? Boundary. And Heather goes, Lisa, let Whitney speak. She wants to be heard. <laughs> this is such a mess. Jan in the confessional goes, listen, I see what Heather's doing right now. I see the issue that Whitney has. But hey, Whitney, find your itty bitty voice, bitch, and talk. This is the time when you need to use that voice that you've been trying to find for the last three years. <coughs> also, this is funny because in the confessional, Jen's in that little Miss Monopoly ad. <laughs> Whitney goes, this is the point. No one ever lets me say this. This is why I'm having the boundary is because she said this is bullshit. And Heather's like, boundary, take a break, take a well. When he goes, you're saying our friendship is bullshit, that I am bullshit. That is why I'm putting up a boundary because that fucking hurts me, Heather. It hurts. I literally told you that I am processing childhood abuse. And then you lay hands on me and push me. We get a flashback to Heather pushing her in Scottsdale. You're not hearing me. You're not listening to me. Every time I talk, you talk over me. Whitney in a confessional says, what I've learned throughout the process this last year is that I have major trust issues. And Heather, aside from Justin, is the person that I fully trusted. So I just feel deeply let down by Heather. Like, I don't think I've felt this let down by a friend before. I mean, I really, this is just somebody telling the fucking honest truth about their feelings, about how they feel. I mean, there's not tons of finger pointing. It's talking about how she feels, how Heather makes her feel. Whitney goes, I'm trying to be real and you're making a mockery of it by calling it bullshit and immature and messy. That is how I feel. And Heather goes, when did I say those words? I said, this is bullshit. Oh, you've said these words many times. I've never said you're bullshit. I have your products in my store. I have showed up for you continually. I have fought every battle that has come across me. 
Oh my God. I carry your products in my, well, I guess all's forgiven. Jen Shaw's like, wait a sec. <laughs> Would you carry a couple fake products that I sell? And Heather goes, and you know, and now you want to throw me to the wolves. You tell her everything we've ever talked about, supposedly. And Lisa goes, listen, listen, I think everybody here wanted to believe what the world says about me. And Heather goes, and you say that you're a truth seeker, but really, you're just going to like climb up her asshole as far as you can so you can feel safe. I hope you feel safe. Heather, by the way, knows all about climbing up assholes because she currently lives in Jen Shaw's. Whitney goes, I am not up Lisa's asshole. And Lisa's like, no, for real. I wouldn't know if she was up there. What's up there right now is just a lot of fast food. Heather um, goes, go for it. And Lisa goes, how did this become about me? I have nothing to do with the issues between Heather and Whitney. I feel like I'm at the state fair and they're like trying to win the prize and I'm the plushie. <laughs> Heather goes, I'm sorry that you didn't feel heard, Whitney. I'm sorry that you feel hurt by our friendship. I'm sorry that you feel like you would have had a wonderful friendship with Lisa if it weren't for me. Whitney goes, see, you're using sarcasm right now. No, I'm being sincere. And Dana Banana goes, by the way, you do say that passive aggressive. And Whitney goes, but then you backtrack, Heather. And Heather goes, you guys don't know the intention of what I say. Just take my words for what they are. That's ridiculously petty. Interpret our friendship any way you want. You interpret it in a different way than me. But that is, like, Heather does. Heather is passive-aggressive. Heather is sarcastic. That's Heather's thing, and we used to love her for it. But this ain't funny anymore. When he's like, no, don't try. This is gaslighting at its finest to make me feel like I'm going crazy, and you are quite honestly still not hearing me. And I'm not accepting your apology because you are putting me right back in the position I don't want to be in. I literally am going through this trauma from processing this from my childhood. I don't like that I have to scream and yell for people to hear me. Heather's like, I hear you. I'm sorry this happened to you. <coughs> Whitney's like, I don't want to be in this position. I'm sorry. It's not about what happened to me. It is not. So this conversation just keeps going in circles, but I feel like it's basically the same thing of Whitney's like, you're not listening. Oh, then go ahead. Talk. I am talking. Then go ahead and talk louder. It's just anyways, Lisa's like, I need to take a breather. And Jen's like, don't do it, Lisa. And Whitney's like, no, 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 no more breathers. And Heather's like, great. Well, then we're done. We're good. Let's go home. Whitney's like, my intention is not Heather. Look at me. Please look at me. Heather is literally pouring herself a drink and turned the other way. When he's like, Heather, can you hear my voice? Heather in a confessional goes, I feel absolutely betrayed. I don't recognize why she's acting this way. And I feel like I'm getting sick of her giving, sick of giving her grace. We said the word grace again when it comes to the way that she's betraying me. And Jen goes, clearly shit was not actually resolved tonight. Well, thanks, Jen. You started it off great today. Dana Banana goes, let's just go to the club. Let's go do something. Lisa goes, I'll go to the club if I can go like Lisa. And she takes off her Maryland wig. And Dana's like, we're going out. And Jen's like, we're turning up. <clears throat> These ladies rally. They head to the restaurant bar. And Jen goes, I'll tell you what's fucked up, that you didn't know about her friendship break because she told all of us that. And I was like, wow. And Heather goes, I didn't know about that. That's a heartbreaker. That's a fucking heartbreaker. And Jen goes, that's why I was so fucking confused. This is a way of just endearing, inuring Heather to Jen. Jen's like, oh, it's cr Jen, you were one of the ones in the hot tub. If you felt so strongly about it, you should have shut Whitney up in that hot tub. Angie K goes, you didn't really notice that she stopped calling you? And Heather goes, listen, to me, I ride or die for all the people I I love i swear to god ride or die needs to be bleeped out like it's the strongest curse word ever on bravo we don't need to hear it i love including her and there's some shit i won't eat i'm being for real and jen knows this don't fuck with me jen knows this don't fuck with me 
this Heather General, I'm telling you, there's something we don't know. Jen goes, oh, girl, I know. And Heather goes, I'm ride or die, but when I'm done, I'm fucking done. And Aunt, by the way, Heather, Whitney should be done with you. Angie K goes, I just wanted you to hear her say, I was trying to get her to listen so we could get this show on the road. The ladies go to this nightclub called Flicks. Jen in a confessional is like, these bitches are boring as fuck and I can't take much more. But guess what? Jen Shaw's here. Okay. To liven this shit up. You're welcome. We see the ladies in the club dancing, getting bottle service. Heather is pissed. Lisa is out on the dance floor with Whitney. Heather's like, Lisa picked her team. Fuck Whitney. Now the ladies are eating pizza in the van on the ride back to the house. They're totally wasted. Lisa calls John Barlow. Jen and Heather takes their top off and terrorize the house with their boobs. I mean, it's 2.45 a.m. And I'm talking like, this is like, Heather's just, Rah! Just like these gigantic, like Jen Shaw has these gigantic fake melons that look okay in tops and stuff like that. But when you see them blurred out by like a weird clear bar, it looks even weirder. I'm like, who, like, let's, that's a, that's a heck of a, what, that's a lot of work in that chesticle area. And producer, um, Asks Heather, does it feel like you're back in college? And Heather's like, I'll tell you right now, it does not feel like college because in college we had a laminated dog put on our dog if we had a boy there past 930. So I want to have fun. Even if I'm being a bitch, I'm a fun bitch. I'm a good time girl. Woo! This is so sad to me. And I don't know. But also, I will say this is like weirdly like if you see it like. Jen's on the bed, naked, like topless, Heather's topless, and Heather gets on top of Jen on the bed. I think Dana Banana, or somebody's on the bed too, and Heather's like holding Jen down. And I'm like, is this where the scratch marks came from, potentially? But it's like, there's something, how, like, it didn't, it didn't overtly read this, but there was something like tiny, like sexual about it. And I know you're like, oh, Ryan, shut up. But no, there's something like... Let's rub our boobs together. Let's, uh, you know, like, and I don't mean that in a pervy way, but there was something there where I almost think Jen Shaw makes Heather feel like a good time girl or feel like the popular girl she's always wanted to feel like around Lisa Barlow. But Jen gives her that confidence. And then she's like, let's get crazy. Let's get and she come. I don't know. So I think there is this element of not, I'm not saying they've hooked up or anything like that, but there is a sexual element to this that I can't necessarily put my finger on, nor would I want to, but I don't know. It's there. There's something there. Cause even everybody's like, Oh my God, you guys, ah, oh. Lisa helps Whitney take her wig off and then she heads to bed. So we know Whitney's in bed. 3 a.m. Jen, Meredith, Heather, and Angie K are still partying. 3.20 a.m. Heather tells the ladies goodnight. Angie K heads to her room. 3.28 a.m. Heather walks in her room. We see this. There's a camera in the room. 4.50 a.m. Someone knocks on Heather's door and she opens it. This is very paranormal activity. Seven hours later, we see a text on screen from Heather and it says, Meredith, dot, 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 dot. Can you come to my room right now? 11.34 a.m., Meredith comes in. Heather goes, hey, girlfriend. Meredith goes, hey, what's going on? And Jen Shaw's in the room. She goes, please come here. Heather goes, sit down, sit down. Meredith goes, you guys are scaring me. Heather's sitting on the table with these huge sunglasses on. Heather takes Meredith's drinks, Mer takes Meredith's drink and goes, I need a sip. Meredith goes, liquid IV will hydrate you from last night. What's wrong? Heather takes off her sunglasses to reveal a black eye. <gasps> Meredith is shocked, gives one of the best shocked, oh, and she has the, those iPads underneath her eyes, oh, and she also has scratches all over her arm, and Meredith goes, wait, when did this happen? To be continued, but don't worry, folks, it's continued right now, because we're going on to episode 12, baby. 
So Bad It's Good Extreme Edition, Super Size. We are giving you all of it right now. I'm not going to break. I'm going to break on YouTube, but uh, we'll make this a separate YouTube video. Hold on one sec, you guys. You guys know how much I geek out about this company. I have talked about this company on the show now a couple times, and it bought, like I'm so excited that they're a sponsor, uh, Masterclass. Masterclass is with us once again, and Masterclass is truly, I think, one of the best gifts you could give somebody, but also one of the best last-minute gifts you could give somebody. I'm actually getting this. I cannot stress what a special product Masterclass is. These are classes taught by world-renowned people in their field. You can learn from the world's best artists, icons, and leaders anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. So you can learn from Kris Jenner. Yeah, the one and only Kris Jenner, who I talk about all the time. Kris Jenner teaches a class called On the Power of Personal Branding. And it is truly incredible, folks. I was talking about this when they showed it on the Kardashians this season. Um, But it is really, I'm going to get into it in a second, all the different classes she has within her uh, her masterclass. It is just truly awesome. But they also have over 180 classes from a range uh, from a range of world class instructors. You know, that thing you've always wanted to do. It's closer than you think. And Masterclass is truly here to help. My Masterclass experience, now I have about 10 classes in my queue right now. Uh, Everyone from Steve Martin to Judd Apatow to Werner Herzog to Bob Iger, the head of Disney. I mean, you really have a front row seat. I mean, the Duffer Brothers who did Stranger Things. You have so many amazing people. You have Doris Kearns Goodwin, who is one of my favorite, favorite political historian writers out there, she does a class on Masterclass. And it's, uh, so Chris Jenner, let me tell you, I'm taking that one right now. And within her lesson, within her class, there are 12 classes within that Masterclass. And there are titles like um, Keeping Up With The Kardashians, How It Started, Consider Your Target Audience, Social Media, Owning It, Come on, Lisa Reno, we love it. Uh, There's a class visual storytelling that Chris teaches. uh, Monetize your brand. I mean, listen, this hits me in the pop culture feels completely, but also this is somebody that really does know their stuff. I would give anything to learn from Chris Jenner, and I actually have a front row seat to do it through Masterclass. Um, So I'm going to actually probably be doing a Patreon on Masterclass because I think the Chris Jenner one especially is so cool to talk about because there's so many little nuggets within. And remember, Chloe even shows up and she gets interviewed at the end on a huge 45-minute interview at the very end of this Masterclass as well. Um, And you can stop and start at any time. Remember that. You don't have to do this all at once. You can stop and start. Like I said, there's so many lessons. And this thing, it's like... You're just given all of this knowledge and the freedom to poke around and learn from the greats. I mean, that really is one of the coolest gifts you could give someone. I really think this is the best gift. And like I said, last minute gift too, that you can sign up your friend, your family member, even yourself at a moment's notice. And you can start learning that day. 
Chris Jenner for me was a perfect place to start because it kind of focused on a lot of the things that I'm trying to do. It's like she teaches about finding and defining your personal brand, uh, like identify, target, and connect with your audience, which I'm trying to do on a daily basis, monetizing your brand through social media, which I try to do with the Instagram, uh, create a brand that's honest and successful, um, getting ahead with social media hacks, uh, delivering consistent content that viewers will love, um, and how to generate maximum likes, comments, and engagement. These are things that Kris Jenner thinks about. And you're, of course, obviously, right? They're the Kardashians. Um, and I think it's awesome because you're learning from someone that is a proven successful entrepreneur. Um, a lot of these things are antidotal. She's telling stories about her career. And i that's the thing that, like, as a pop culture historian, I love to hear that. I love to hear personal stories. Uh, this is the one I started with, and I think it's a perfect one. But like I said, I'm going next to Steve Martin's. And I'm so, you know, I'm a Steve Martin just geek. And let me just take you to his. This is how quick you can get to theirs. Um, you just go to your library. I have it in here. You type in the old uh, Steve Martin, and it pops right up. Steve Martin, of course, teaches comedy. And you, there's even a class guide you uh, you open up with supplemental materials for Steve Martin's comedy course, and there is 25 classes within his masterclass. I am geeking out just looking at all of these. He teaches story techniques, screenwriting case study, Roxanne, he uses the movie Roxanne, editing, uh, writing case study, meteor shower, which I don't even know what that means, but it sounds exciting. Steve's comedic inspirations. Listen, this is just... I mean, this is, I was so excited when I got them as a sponsor because I just wanted to do all of these classes. So it was like my dream. So I'm hoping some of you guys feel the same way because you really, really should. I highly recommend you check it out. This holiday, give the perfect gift of an annual Masterclass membership and get one free. Go to masterclass.com slash so bad today. That's masterclass.com slash so bad terms apply. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. 
No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, you guys, what a huge episode we've had so far, episode 11, and now we're moving right along to episode 12, season 3. This is called White Lies and Black Eyes, because it's very clever, because Heather has a black eye that we don't know what happened to it, so it doesn't matter at all. Either tell me or shut up about the black eye. The uh, the description the cable company gives us is, While the ladies are still in San Diego, a dark cloud looms above as the group tries to get answers about Heather's black eye. Do you like the, the dark cloud, black eye? Very, I love very literary. Lisa learns that Meredith has been spreading rumors about her businesses. Yeah! We continue the Meredith trying to get back at Lisa Barlow for that hot mic moment that she will never live down. Uh, we get the previously on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which we don't need to really get into because we just recapped episode 11. So if you don't know what happened by now, you're never going to happen. Let's just, let's just clear. Ladies are fighting. Ladies are fighting. Jen Shaw should be getting attacked more than she is, and she's not. Everybody's fighting. Meredith hates Lisa. Lisa hates Meredith. Lisa kind of likes Whitney. Heather likes Jen, even though she shouldn't. Heather's upset at Whitney. Whitney's upset at Heather. Dana Bananas for a season's happening. Angie Kay got into a fight with Jen because Jen poured a glass of champagne and threw her Louboutins in the ocean, but Angie Kay doesn't really seem to be holding that against Jen Shaw, and Angie H. wasn't even invited, so sorry. Um, also when they do the previously on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, they made it like the screen flashes, like a glitchy horror film of like, like it's supposed to be scary. I'm like, you guys don't need to do the editing. This is already scary enough just by what we have to watch on the actual show. You don't need fancy editing. I'm already scared. I'm scared of all of these ladies. For the most part, uh, we don't get any taglines today, but we do get the final shot of Heather going to the room. Night vision camera. Someone tries to open the door. She goes to the door to let them in and the screen cuts to the title card. San Diego, day three. It's a beautiful day in San Diego. We see Whitney waking up ah, and opening the blinds in her room. Meredith and Jen both wake up and walk into the hall. Jen is looking rough. She did not take her makeup off, but the wig is off. 
Meredith comes out and sees Jen, and they're like, they both burst out laughing. Meredith's like, <laughs> you look, you look like your makeup shit on. <laughs> Meredith in a confessional goes, Jen looks as about as good as I feel right now. <laughs> but seriously though, these are ladies. Listen, I'm getting up there in age too. How the fuck are these ladies doing it? Like they're they must have been getting like four to five hours sleep because I think they're up early filming. Like I would like. I, where, like, this is why I'll never be on a show like this because it would just be like shots of like a time lapse footage of the bathroom door closed and me being like, Ugh, just dry heaving, like for hours. <laughs> just be a blank door with just driving sounds, and they would keep going like 3 04 p.m., 4 10 p.m., 5. It would be no, like, but all these ladies are like up and ready to go. I just will never understand it. The same thing with Summer House and Vanderpump Rules. Don't get it. Meredith goes, looks like you washed your face. And Jen goes, I didn't. And Meredith in the confessional goes, I mean, I may not be running a marathon this morning, but I did at least get my makeup last night, which is more than I can say for Jen. The screen glitches again. And we see, we flash to outside of Heather's casita. We see a text bubble come on screen. Bloop, 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 bloop. I have a problem. Can you come to my room? Heather goes, bloop, bloop, bloop. I'm serious. And then it says, Jen goes, coming now. Bloop, 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 bloop. Jen comes to Heather's door and knocks. Heather walks to open the door and has on big sunglasses. Already a crime in itself. Heather goes, come in, come in. And Jen goes, girl, I got your text. Now, listen. You can take this scene at face value. But then there's a part of it. There's this weird part of it that I, I read into things too much, right? It's just it's one of, one of those horrible qualities I was born with. And this kind of comes off very staged. And not just staged like a reality show, but staged. Like, girl, I got your text. Like, knock, knock. Camera's inside the room. Cameraman's inside there. So let's say before... We get there, the cameraman's in, Heather's walking around with sunglasses, bloop, 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 and Jen goes, girl, I got your text. There's something false about it. Heather goes, yeah, and Jen goes, what's wrong? She sees Heather's Marilyn wig on the floor and picks it up, and Heather goes, thank you, where was that? Oh, right here? Jen puts the wig on and goes, it was on the floor. They both sit down at the table. Jen goes, what's the matter? Heather takes off her sunglasses to reveal she has a giant penis in the middle of her... No, she has a black eye. And it's a really bad-looking black eye. It's a, it's a really big black eye. And Jen goes, what the fuck, girl? What in the... Did you... Can I touch it? Now, here's another thing. That's a weird thing. So if I showed you, like, oh, my God, look, my broken arm, would you go, can I feel it? Can I touch it? Why do you, well, why do you want to touch it? That would be my next, wait, why? <laughs> what well, can I touch it? Can I touch it? I don't know, man. Like, it looks like it hurts. Why would I let you touch it? Heather goes, yeah. So weird. It's weird. So Jen goes, wait, what happened? Heather goes, I don't know. Jen goes, does it hurt? Heather goes, yes. Jen goes, did you put ice on it yet? We should probably put ice. Why, why hasn't there been... A, even the cameraman, how dare you? Why didn't you give her some ice? Jen gets in... Uh, Jen goes and what looks like to me pulls out one ice cube. And Jen goes, you have to wear the sunglasses. And Heather goes, okay, I'm going to keep it iced. The camera flashes to what looks like scratches on Heather's arm and hands. And Jen goes, girl, you have literally... And Heather goes, that's lipstick. Which also is like, wait, why, why is somebody kissing your arms and hands? 
I mean, now I'm like, tell me more. Uh, Jen goes, no, they're scratches. Oh, is it lipstick? And Heather goes, well, this is lipstick. And Jen goes, that's not lipstick. What the fuck happened? And Heather goes, I don't want to get anyone in trouble, Jen. But that's why I need you to like help me figure out if someone wants to talk about what really happened last night. We need a cover story is what I'm saying right now. So this is already weird, right? This feels weird on so many different levels. Not even just the weirdness of a black guy, but the weirdness of, of this behavior. If we're to go by what we see and what we hear, this behavior is very weird. Your friend has a black eye, and all of a sudden you go to, we need a cover story. Who wants to talk about it? And wouldn't the question be, Jen, going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about, Heather? What do you mean? Who wants to talk about it? What? What? Tell me, what are you talking about? Wouldn't all these questions be there instead of, Heather, we need a cover story? But Which, by the way, Heather, perfect person to go to for a cover story, though, right? Like, you couldn't have asked for a better person to ask for a cover story than Jen Shaw. Jen's like, no, I got you, girl. Let's use some uh, third-party encrypted apps. We'll talk and communicate that way. <laughs> Literally, this is, this is the person you want to go to. But Jen goes, well, like like a spider laid eggs in your eyeball or or you might have poison in your eye. And Heather goes, spider poison? Yeah, people die from that. Heather goes, I texted you to come over to help me, not tell me that a spider laid eggs in my eyeball. That's not, I don't think that story's going to fly. And Jen's like, well, I'm giving them, I'm, I'm like going through options. This is so weird. Heather's now chat like, those aren't good enough to spider leave. Guys, fucking just, if, if, if it really is this big of a deal, like, literally, you trip while you're drunk and hit your, like, on the bedpost. Like, what? I don't know why it has to be this big of a production. If Jen Shaw didn't do it, or, I mean, I've heard so many wild theories. I heard that Jen kept partying and then went on a, had a, somebody come over to fuck her and, and it got rot. Like, I heard the weirdest stories that I don't like. Like, no. And also, I told you in last week's episode that somebody had said the theory that they'd already saw the form bruising on the night before. So this happened potentially before she even went to this trip. So who knows? But Jen in the confessional goes, I don't understand how, like, what the fuck happened? Heather has a peanut allergy and ate peanuts and then rubbed her eye. Uh, I mean, she swiped right on Tinder, invited someone over and shit got rough. Heather got into a bar fight. Bitch, you went out without me? Jen trying to be funny here, but I just think Jen trying to be funny in a talking head just doesn't sit well anymore. It's like not funny. And it's like, especially after reading all the court documents, which by the way, I did an episode on Monday about, you should go check it out with the Bravo docket. It's just not funny. Like I'm like, oh, great. Very funny. That's awesome. Funny talking head, Jen. I, I read the victim impact statements. You've really hurt a lot of people. Heather goes, okay, option one, spider laid eggs on my eyeball. I'm going to say we'll put it on the list. We need a good cover story for this eye because I, I don't want any of the ladies to get in trouble. Heather, what the fuck are you talking about? Want the ladies to get in trouble? What are you like? <laughs> hey, Heather, good news. You're on a TV show with cameras. We should have that footage if something happened, especially because we saw angles from inside your room. Jen goes, what's our cover story? You don't, you don't know what happened, basically? You don't know? And Heather goes, I don't know. Okay, I, I don't know what happened. And Jen goes, right? Heather goes, yeah, I don't know what happened. Let's get Meredith. So now it's almost like they're pulling Meredith into this. So, I mean, the obvious thing is Jen Shaw is aware of what happened. Jen and Heather, I mean, like, listen, they were roughhousing, so that could have been where the scratches came from. I don't know where the eye came from. I mean, a popular theory is that Jen kept going, and Jen at some point probably got rough and, like, popped Heather in the eye. Who knows? 
Um, so Meredith arrives to the room, and Jen's like, hi, Meredith. And Heather's like, hey, girlfriend, please come in. And Meredith's like, what's going on? And Jen's like, please, come here. Okay, you, you, I need you to sit down first. Sit down. And Meredith goes, okay, you guys are scaring me. What's going on? And Jen goes, well, we are scared. And Meredith goes, what's wrong? Heather takes off her sunglasses. And Meredith, oh! Meredith's shocked. And Heather goes, is it obvious? Which is just, well, I don't know how every girl in this scene has just turned like a fucking idiot all of a sudden. Is it obvious? You looked in the mirror. Are you blind in the other eye? Are you blind in the good eye? What are you talking about? Is it obvious? I mean, what? Well, how all of a sudden did we become idiots? Heather's a smart woman. She knows it looks horrible. She knows it looks obvious. Meredith's like, what the? Heather's like, I just, I mean, I don't want to get, and Meredith goes, when did this happen? We were with you until four in the morning. We get a flashback to the night vision camera. We see Jen, Meredith, and Angie come into Heather's room at 4.50 a.m. and then leaving later. So they were the ones that were jiggling the, the handle, which is what they left us with to be continued last week. So it wasn't just one person. It wasn't just Jen. It was a group of them. They all came in, which I don't know. Like, they kept going. Heather went to her room, and then they came up to the casita. Like, that's so interesting. I'm so curious. What else? I'm curious what they were on, what they were drinking, what they, I mean, all of it. And Meredith goes, how did this happen? And Jen goes, that's what we don't know. She doesn't. I've tried. We're walking through everything. And I'm like, we need to come up. We need to get Meredith. But also Jen and, and Heather, why do you need to come up with anything? It's your body. I mean, what are you talking about? Why do you need to come up with an excuse? How about your excuse is I fucking drank like a college idiot and I blacked out. Don't know. Guess what? I told you guys how a couple months I black. I had like 10 margaritas after like not drinking for like a week and a half. And I'd worked out that day and I wound up um, laying down on somebody's lawn at some point. And I must have fell because there was like I, I bust like tore a hole in my jean. Must have just totally fell onto a lawn. Yeah, really, really horrible stuff. I wasn't like calling my friend and going, we need to come up with an excuse. I knew that I was a fucking idiot and did something idiotic. It was real simple. And then I looked at my knee and go, oh my God, I wonder who did this thing to my knee. I did that thing to my knee when I fell being a drunken idiot, period. But all of this covering up and all this stuff, that's what makes me believe something else is at play here. Because otherwise you just go, do you know how, guys, do you know how much I trip and hurt myself? Do you know how klutzy I am even without alcohol involved? Like, I'm not very graceful. I think you guys know that. I mean, that's, that's, the rumors are true. Sorry, I'm looking at my hand. Um, so they're doing their thing about what's happening. And I just don't know if I care. And Meredith goes, wait a second. You don't, you, you don't know how this happened. And Heather goes, I don't know how this happened. And Jen goes, okay, I'll be right back. Meredith, don't leave her. And Meredith goes, I'm not leaving her. She needs a chaperone. Jen leaves. Meredith goes, do you have scratches on your back too? And Heather goes, yes. Yes, I do. I mean, she she do a Luann and fall into the bushes and like, ah, you remember Luann on the vacation? Oh, it's so great. Um, So, uh, oh God, I didn't, I didn't know the back scratches is weird too. Meredith goes, see, I would think maybe you could have fallen and whatever, but the scratches on your arm, how did this happen? And Heather goes, I don't want to talk about it. And Meredith goes, you know what happened? Meredith in confessional goes, oh my God, it seems like she was you know, physically battered. Ooh. Heather goes, I don't know what happened. I don't recall. By the way, anybody that says I don't recall is like, it's the worst thing to ever say in regards to memory because you don't recall, like I don't recall is shit you say on the witness stand. 
And Meredith in confessional goes, it's really scary. Back from commercial break, we're in the main house. We see Lisa come to Whitney's room. And Lisa's like, good morning. And Whitney's like, good morning, sunshine. How's it going? Good. Just, you know, getting ready. Getting ready. Yeah. Are you feeling better about everything? Um, And we get a flashback to Whitney and Heather's argument from the night before. And Wendy goes, no. And the other thing I'm really frustrated with is Meredith. And Lisa goes, tell me. (laughs) Lisa goes, you're going to say something about Meredith? I want to know. Whitney goes, do you know she fucked half of New York? No, Whitney goes, you know how I always used to be like, Lisa's the puppet master? And Lisa goes, yeah. Like, I feel like that's what she's doing. She's very smart at it. She knows how to stir something up and then knows that someone else will take it. Whitney is a lot smarter than everybody gives her credit for. We get a flashback to the previous night's dinner when Meredith Meredith confronted Whitney about spreading rumors about Lisa and then blaming Meredith. Whitney goes, and where Meredith is being able to say, I didn't say it because she doesn't doesn't say it. She alludes and gets you to say it, right? Mmm. She gets the other person to say it. Whitney in a confessional goes, I think that Meredith is seeking revenge and wants to take Lisa down while also trying to look like someone who is not seeking revenge. Lisa goes, so what was her plan to like get all of you to like to get all of us to start saying things about you? Honestly, this is like, wow. Lisa in a confessional goes, Meredith holds a grudge. And when if Meredith is determined to take you out, there's nothing that's going to stop her. And I'm And until I'm in the fetal position wanting to take myself out, she won't be happy. Lisa's like, one mistake and a whole friendship. And it's like, let me try and find a way to ruin you so I can look better and feel better about myself. New scene, Whitney and Lisa are dressed and ready for the day. They're downstairs. Everybody's walking in. Everybody's going, hey, beautiful, hot stuff. All girls, you know, every scene is, oh, you look pretty. How's your night? Oh, you look so great. Oh, my God. Dress is oh, so pretty with the colors. And um, they all hug through the window. We see Heather walking away from her casita. And Heather is all done up. She's wearing big glasses. And Dan is like, are you guys ready for today? We're going rollerblading. And I'm like, why? <laughs> you know, like, why don't we just sit around and talk? Like, like I'm that I would be that for like I don't need physical activity. There's drama here. We have a pool. We love to do scenes in a pool. There's a pool out there. But I guess for the excitement and magic of TV, we need the magic of rollerblading. Um. So Heather in a confessional goes, "I'm dreading this. I don't want anyone to see me. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to answer their questions. I don't want to be here right now." So Heather comes in and it was like, oh, good morning. Oh, good afternoon now. And Heather's like, oh, I thought it was morning. And Danny goes, I like your outfit. We're all flowy today. Uh, more hugs. Jen's like, giddy up, bitches. And she comes in and Lisa goes, I had a near-death experience last night. Jen came in topless and hugged me. And at first I was suffocated. And then I'm like, you're choking me out. Because those big gazongas, dude, those are like big fake gazongas that have to weigh at least like just ton the tonnage on that thing i mean you really could potentially hurt me wait wait there it is maybe heather got her black eye by jen putting one of those gazongas on her face and it just automatic black eye uh the ladies all laugh meredith comes in and meredith's like hi guys what's going on angie k walks in good morning and Heather's like, I want to see the city a little bit. And Lisa's like, let's go check out San Diego. And Jen goes, wait, at a winery? And then Mary's like, we're doing the karting. And Dana's like, all of us are? And Heather's like, oh, okay. And then we're like, so they're doing this cart thing and winery. It's two activities, whatever. When he's like, wait, tell me about last night. Because I heard a lot of commotion, but no one came to my room with their titties. And Heather's like, um, we're not sure what happened last night. 
but we know things got a little rough. Heather once again being weirdly cryptic, like a Khloe Kardashian Instagram story. Whitney's like, what do you mean? And Heather's like, well, I think we all know what happened. I just think we don't want to talk about it. Very cryptic. Ooh. Once again, if we want to talk about it, then fucking talk about it. Say, Heather, why don't you start us off? Since it's your fucking body, your eye. You can, you have permission to tell us what happened because it's on your person. Like just, you start the ball rolling. Well, let me say, since this is my black eye, let me lead you in on how this happened. So Lisa goes, wait, what happened? Heather takes her glasses off to reveal her black eye. Oh my God. Whitney says, Lisa goes, what the fuck happened? And Angie K is like, oh my God, what happened? And Lisa's like, why happened? By the way, you guys, everybody, see, I've watched this scene now a couple times. They all say what happened. And Lisa's like, what happened? What happened? What? And they're all talking over. So it makes this weird cacophony of what happened? What happened? What happened? What happened? What happened? What It almost just sounds like syllable. And the producer in a confession goes, Heather, how do you think it happened? And Heather goes, well, I mean, what does it look like? What does it look like? I'm just going to shut down and I don't want to talk about it. And it's very bad actor. Talk about bad Mormon, bad actor. This confessional is like, well, I mean, what does it look like? What are you doing, man? You used to be so real. Like, what are you doing? Heather's like, we don't know. And Lisa's like, you're joking. Lisa in the confessional goes, wait, did you get some short-term memory loss with that black eye? Because Heather really doesn't remember a lot of things, according to Heather, season three. We get flashback to 15 seconds ago when Heather said, well, I think we all know what happened. I just think we don't want to talk about it. Man, how dark is that, that we're doing flashbacks from like literally 30 seconds ago? Bravo is like, wait a sec. We need to do a flashback immediately after the scene just happened. Like, this is some weird, like, it's inception. It's like, it's time is, it's like going to start a big bang theory at some point. Lisa in a confessional is like, like, you just said two different things in two seconds. Like, Lisa's right. It's like Lisa and Whitney are two of the funnest people to do their voices and to make fun of in terms of, like, their vocal patterns. But they also are two people that actually speak a lot of, like, they're knowledgeable about what they see. Lisa has an ego the size of Texas, but she does point out things. Like, that's she did say two different things in the span of one minute. Heather goes, I don't think it's that noticeable. And Lisa goes, Heather, are you insane? You look like somebody like clocked you. And Heather goes, well, maybe somebody did, but they don't want to talk about it. And Whitney's like, did somebody hit you? So Whitney's out. Like, no, somebody said Whitney might have. No, Whitney's not, didn't hit her. Heather's like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to make the trip about my black eye, honestly. Okay, then just tell us. Because then it just makes us wonder. Like, just so weird. This is so weird. Um, Whitney in a confession goes, just looking at Heather and listening to her, like, laugh it off. But yet, like, allude to that someone hit her is making me feel, like, physically sick. Like, I feel like I'm going to throw up. And Heather's like, what's the one way I like to deal with things by not talking about it? Sweep it under the rug. Deflect. 
how they're going to sweep it under the rug and let's deflect it today with some booze, some humor, and we'll do it the Heather Gay way. And I'm like, oh, should we all crawl up Jen Shaw's ass? The Heather Gay way? Is that, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? I mean, that's what you do everything for Jen Shaw. So I'm assuming Jen Shaw had something to do with his black eye because if Whitney had done it, you probably would have busted her out immediately. Like Whitney got crazy on me last night. The ladies all stand up. They're all going. And Whitney's like, I'm just worried about you. In a confessional, she's like, it's not funny, Heather. If someone did this to her in this group, if someone did this to her, like, that's a problem. And Heather goes, work through the pain. We work through the pain. We're women of grit. Women of grit actually fucking tell people what happened. Like, Megan the Stallion comes forward and tells her story. You don't fucking, like, hide it. Women of grit. What kind of backwards 1950s shit is that? My goodness. God, I've got a filthy mouth today. New scene. The ladies are exploring all the wonderful wonderful things San Diego has to offer us. And they're going on these go-kart rides, which is kind of funny to watch all the ladies in these little go-karts, like, speeding around San Diego. Angie K in a confessional is like, the group activities have not been going well so far. So I thought a one-on-one on on the go-cars could be fun just getting an experience of the city together and experience San Diego. Whatever, Angie. Like I'm saying, like I could make this show so much cheaper and better. Like, hey, no, we're not going on go-karts today. If you want to drive somewhere, get your buddy to do it. But we're going to film back at the house today. The ladies all split up in the cars. Heather and Lisa ride together. And Heather in a confessional goes, I picked Lisa Barlow uh, for the go-car because I'm smart. Lisa's going to be talking about herself. She's not going to even notice if I don't say one goddamn word. Flash forward 20 minutes to the ladies on the go-car. And Lisa's telling Heather a story. She's like, oh, my God this new dress I brought, Heather. Oh, my God. Listen, yeah, Lisa does like to talk about herself. Heather's right. Heather goes, if I were to ride with anyone else, they would be grilling me about this black guy. I'd be trapped in an interrogation interview. I want to go with Lisa. She's not going to even remember that I'm there. Jen gets in the car with Dana. Dana in confessional goes, Jen jumps in my go-car. And I'm like, oh, my God. Jen is very unpredictable and very hard to talk to. It's going to be a very long ride. Also, I just think Jen would, like, steer right into traffic at points. Meredith and Angie K are together. Whitney's in a car by herself. We see a driving montage. And they do, like, a, hey, the motor speedway. It's like, Whatever. Some of the ladies are discussing Heather's black eye and theories about what happened. Meredith says she thinks Heather knows what happened but doesn't want to talk about it. Lisa and Heather are just talking about Lisa's clothes. Whitney's car gets stuck on the road. She's like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Somebody has to help her out and push her cart. Meredith says she's booked a winery for anybody who wants to go. I hear all the best wineries are in San Diego. (laughs) Group will go then. So a group is going to go to the winery and then a group will go rollerblading. The commercial break, we come back. Lisa, Whitney, and Dana are rollerblading. Uh, I've never rollerbladed in my in my life. It's just one of those things I know I would get a, a black Heather Gay eye. It would just, I know I would hurt myself, period. It's like, I can't roller skate. And like, I roller skated when I was a kid. Those were fun. Those roller skating parties, like an all skate. And you're, you know, yee. But I have bad knees. And I just know that I would hurt, I like, just without a doubt. Like, I'd hurt myself within first, I would give myself 10 minutes. I'd probably feel great for like a minute. Like, I'm free as a bird. And then just... Um, Lisa's like, you guys, I'm nervous. I haven't done this in forever. So they're skating. Other ladies are at Vineyard. They ordered food, wine, and guess what? 
a charcuterie board. We love a charcuterie board on the Salt Lake of City. When we go to San Diego, we love the meats and cheeses. We don't know who gave her the other black eye, but we know some salami and cheese will make it right. Charcuterie board in the San Diego. Charcuterie board and we don't know who hurt. Heather's eye, it could be Jen Shaw's titty. Heather goes in a confessional, can we get a normal meal that requires utensils? All this charcuterie boards. We flash back to the ladies uh, rollerblading. They're getting the hang of it. Um, Lisa in a confessional goes, all through the 6th and 7th grade, I was at the roller rink every Friday night. I could do tricks. I could do all these things on roller skates. I'm better on wheels and skis. What can I say? And then we get a flashback to Lisa skiing and falling. Uh, when he was like, how were your car rides today? And Dana was like, it was fun. And Lisa's like, Heather and I were talking about our kids. And Dana goes, oh, really? Yeah. When he goes, did you talk about her black eye? And Lisa goes, no. What do you guys think happened? And Dana's like, I don't know. And I don't want to assume. There's only two options. And Lisa's like, someone hit her or she fell. She did it to herself or someone did it to her. Yeah. And Dana goes, yeah. Whitney in a confessional goes, honestly, if someone hit her, I would think it was Jen. We all know how toxic their friendship is. And like at the state of like how intoxicated they were, like what if Heather ticked off Jen and Jen hit her? But why is Heather covering it up? Does she think this is going to be bad for her trial? I don't know. Back to the winery. Meredith uh, is talking with Heather and Meredith's like, I don't know what happened, but whatever happened is not okay. Obviously about your eye. And Heather's like, what? That broke my eye? And, and Meredith's like, yeah. And Heather's like, and my scratches? And Heather's kind of laughing it off. Like, you know how weird this looks, Heather? Like, Meredith's like, it's really concerning. This is not okay at any level. I don't know what happened, but I know it's not okay. And Heather's like, just respect that I don't want to talk about it right now. We'll talk about it later, and it's nothing you should worry about it. I got it handled. And Meredith's like, we are worried about it, but we will respect your space for the time being on it as long as we feel that you're safe but that means you're not sleeping alone let's move on oh do you think there's some wild black eye like killer in the house like that's just how is every we're out to get heather gay when everybody falls asleep let's get her other eye the little keebler elves of black eyes like are you kidding me also i love this i respect i like i respect you don't want to talk about it get the hell off this is the housewives you don't keep things to yourself on the housewives. You talk shit behind other people's back and you tell their secrets. You do not keep things like this. No, literally no. Heather, do not respect that she doesn't want to talk about it. You re- talk about it anyways. This is, this, is, this is not therapy. Let's go. The producer in a confessional goes, so you're not going to tell us what happened. Heather goes, well, I can't. And that's like, that's the game of all of this. Like, I'm not going to say it until somebody else says it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to spew my theories until everybody spews theirs. Like, this is just a game of, like, Texas Hold'em and nobody is showing their cards. What are you smoking, girl? Wait, what? You're going to spew your theories? This isn't the JFK assassination. What? This isn't a false moon landing. This is just how you hurt your eye, dum-dum. Why are you making this a bigger spew your theories? What is this, QAnon? What are you talking about? It's a black guy. Like, what What are we not seeing? And a game of all this. By the way, I feel like they, the producer should have stopped Heather halfway through that monologue and go, hey, real quick, you're fired. Get out. 
And I was like, no, I'll tell you, Jen hit me, Jen hit me. Heather goes, when I woke up with it, I called you and I, Meredith, and I called you. And normally I would call Whitney immediately. But after the dinner last night, when I found out I was on a friendship break, Whitney, because remember last step, it was like, we're on a friendship break. Whitney and I have been in cahoots from day one. I go to her. I say the petty, dumb things that does, don't matter that I would never say out loud because they're unnecessary and immature. Okay. So you're an asshole around with, I don't, but I love that. It's like, oh, so Whitney didn't get the precious call about your black eye. Oh no. Whitney didn't get included on your black eye sojourn. Oh no. And Jen's like, and now she's putting that on you. And Heather goes, so she wants to like all of a sudden clean slate, start fresh with Lisa. Great. Do that. Do that. Don't bring me in. Be in. Don't bring me into it. Don't pull me into everything that we've ever said as friends. And then think I'm not going to have a reaction to that because it makes me not trust her. But the truth is I love her. Really a lot of switching here. Heather loves Whitney. Doesn't like Whitney. Blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, Heather is upset that Whitney wants to be friends with Lisa. That's it. And Lisa's never liked Heather. Um, but the truth is, I love her and our friendship is so effortless that I just give her, say it with me, folks, grace, you know, she's going through a lot. She's been giving me a lot of information that I'd never had before, you know, Justin losing his job. I mean, this is true. Like Whitney came to her about Justin losing his job, about Whitney's memories of her, her physical abuse as a child. And Heather's wrapped up in this bullshit of her being like, friend, like you, your friend with Lisa and I don't like it. Jen goes, maybe there's a reason that the two of them are bonding and all of a sudden coming to that together because it all seems weird. Whitney is going through this whole thing with Justin, right? Justin lost his job. And you know what? Lisa has stuff too. Lisa, there's an SEC filing, Jen says. So Jen, let's pay it. Jen puts this into the ether, SEC filing. And Meredith goes, I think that's true. I've heard of, I've, I've heard of something about an SEC filing. Yeah, yeah, SEC. And Jen goes, a crowdfunding where Lisa, the richest bitch out of all of us, but she's trying to crowdfund for $25,000. So now all of a sudden we get more information out of nowhere. What? And Meredith goes, the whole thing is very strange to me because I don't understand why you reach out for 25 grand, grand on crowdfunding. And in it, they have to disclose, you know, everything. They have to disclose their debts and they have to, they do have a loan from, you know, way below market value. The SEC filings, uh, side note, are regulatory documents that companies and issuers of securities must submit to the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC, on a regular basis. The purpose is to provide transparency transparency and information to investors, analysts, and regulators. Regulation crowdfunding enables eligible companies to offer and sell securities through crowdfunding. So it raises money to help the company. And then, you know, you put all your stats out there because you are taking money from the public or the people you're crowdfunding from. Uh, by the way, they, these notes are done by Laura Beth Harp. Laura uh, is amazing. She put that little SEC filing side note in there, which is very helpful to me. I, uh, I'm a proud crowdfunder of Fresh Wolf. No, but I would. I mean, sure. Um, but now all of a sudden we're getting this news. Like we can't keep on the head. Like in the main thing, Heather's eye, like let's, let's focus on the eye. And we're like all of a sudden on sec filings, but it's just weird because it's such a, it's such an obvious thing about Meredith trying to get back at Lisa Barlow for the hot mic moment. It just, just never stops. But Meredith knew about this and Jen brought it up. So I almost think there was this 
cahoots where of like, Jen, will you just say something in the scene today about the SEC thing? And I'll, I'll agree with you. Like these things are like, these things are not done delicately. I feel like it's an elephant just trudging through the room with this information where it's not natural. It's like, there's an agenda here. So, uh, Dana, we're back to the roller skating, uh, rank. And Dana's like, we went over to Meredith's home, me, Angie H and Heather. And we were talking to Meredith. Like she got some information from somebody about your business. She's telling this to Lisa. She's been sharing with us about like how Vita was crowdfunding or something about an sec. So isn't it weird on the same day, everybody's talking about the sec. It's almost like producers are like today's sec day. You guys, we get a flashback to two weeks earlier at Meredith's house and Meredith's like, and by the way, there's a whole SEC filing that is floating around that was sent to me. It's a document. It's a public document that also shows that they're not making any money. And everything else that she's saying about everybody else. And Lisa goes, why the fuck is she talking about my business with you? Lisa in a confessional goes, this is bullshit. Meredith is intentionally trying to hurt me. And Dana's like, why do you think she has this information? Why does she have the information? Because she's digging it up and she wants dirt on me. She doesn't have any information. And Dana's like, she said it was like public record. Listen, you know what? SEC filings are public record, but it's not on Vita. It's on a brand we own that has one outlet that we sell nationwide. Lisa in a confessional goes, I know what's happening here. Meredith. Meredith is upset that I had the hot mic, mic moment and she's retaliating. She's trying to disparage my name, my businesses, my marriage, and my family. Sorry, my company isn't failing. It's actually thriving. Lisa also goes, I have my POs on my phone. I can post them on Instagram. She's going to have to sell a lot of jewelry to make one of my POs. Meredith said her family's off limits. Businesses are off limits. Children are off limits. Well, guess what? You just came for all my fucking stuff. So maybe nothing's off limits anymore. And Whitney's like, this is how Meredith works. Is she? And then it's like, do you think she's trying to make Lisa look bad? Oh, absolutely. Dana's like, because she's sharing with me, sharing with Angie, sharing with Heather. So what? Guess what? She told me I had mental health issues. Oh my God. No, I don't pop pills, bitch. You do. That's iconic. That's a shirt right there. I don't pop pills, bitch. You do. I don't pop pills, bitch. You do. It's Lisa Barlow up in this mug. Commercial break. Come back. The ladies are on the van riding home from the winery. Angie K goes, so just so I understand a little bit more about the SEC filing, I still it's, it feels like somebody's wearing a wire. Uh, I still don't even understand what the hell crowdfunding thing is. That's why I'm asking. And Heather goes, so an SEC filing is like a public record of the government with any time you exchange money or get investment money. And Meredith goes, yes, it's the Security and Exchange Commission, and they monitor like all public trading. So when you're doing crowdfunding, people need to know what they're putting money into. Heather goes, and who generally does crowdfunding and an SEC filing? And Jen goes, crowdfunding is normally for new companies by the way this is what fucking cracks me up you want to talk about numbers in business you got jen shaw pursued by the southern district of new york and this is who we should be asking specific questions on financial uh money dollars filings lies all of this stuff yet we're focused on vita tequila and some like shitty lisa barlow throwaway products that don't make money who the fuck cares? We've got the golden goose in this van right now. Let's talk to her about all of her shit. Like, this is what boggles my mind. And they're letting Jen participate in this discussion. Like, Jen's like, well, let me tell you what it is. 
Heather's like, so it's a small company that doesn't have enough money to go to the next level unless other people invest. And as soon as other people invest, you have to make a public rep- record and an SEC filing. And Meredith goes, it's a pain in the ass is the bottom line. I can't imagine wanting to crowdfund for any reason at this stage in my life unless I had no other choice. I like that, that the, the subtext behind that is like, unless I was so poor and stupid. <laughs> Angie K goes, so are you close enough with Lisa to inquire why she would? And Meredith goes, I don't care. And Heather goes, I just felt like Vita Tequila had been around for decades. They were a big player in the game, you know? And Meredith goes, that's her business. And Wendy goes, we're at the, uh, uh, Wendy goes, she says she's the richest friend that we all have. And Meredith's like, that's the only reason why Heather goes, I'm just saying like, I wouldn't ask a hundred people for 25,000 if I'm the richest girl in the group. So now they're all, they've all now gone over to trying to get Lisa. Meredith goes, I was sent like a random DM with this SEC filing, a random DM. <laughs> Jen looking at her phone goes, here it is. Jack Henry spirits, California crowdfunding, 25,000 to $107,000 in crowd notes. Angie Kay in a confessional goes, I'm so uncomfortable with Lisa not being here and then talking about her business like she's doing something shady. We're back in the scene. Angie Kay goes, that says negative. And Meredith goes, yeah. Heather goes, they made no money. They made negative $16,000. Angie Kay in a confessional goes, there is no way that Lisa is broke. She would not be wearing the brands that she's wearing, driving the car that she's driving and living the home that she's living in today. She wouldn't be able to eat that much fast food. <laughs> and if that's what being broke looks like, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take, sure, I'll take it too. Meredith goes, I don't count on anyone else's money, but you want to sit there and say I'm the richest bitch and you can't afford a home and your husband can't keep a job? Fuck you. See, Meredith still just automatically is mad. Just, mad, just, just bubbling still. The anger is just so present. The van arrives back in the house and the ladies begin to get ready for a Greek goddess dinner hosted by Angie K. Why not, right? Why? We did the luau one night, Greek goddess. Let's just throw everything at the wall. We see all the ladies getting dressed and see Heather putting on a bedazzled eye patch because of her black eye. Uh, at this point, she just she just wear them on both eyes. Angie goes to Lisa's room and knocks. And Lisa goes, come in. And Angie goes, hey. And Lisa goes, hey, you look so good. And Angie goes, so do you. Wow. And Lisa goes, 2022, Helen of Troy. And they show a picture of the actual Helen of Troy. And it <laughs> doesn't look any... It's like Helen of Troy. What are you? What are you talking about? Helen Mirren? What are you? Um, he's like, I love your head wrap. And Angie's like, thank you. Do you want to have a seat? Yeah, is it okay if I sit down? How was your day? It was good. Actually, it was good with Whitney and Dana, but I was shocked, Ange. What happened? We went roller skating and we stopped and grabbed some ice cream. And then Whitney and Dana, by the way, when they stopped and grabbed the ice cream, they were all in these helmets. It, li- it looked like what the Barbie movie looks like that's coming out that I really want to see with Greta Gerwig. It was all like, like all these like bright colors and they're all wearing helmets, which by the way, I thought it was kind of fun. I was like, I want all housewives to wear helmets in every scene, which potentially could help for Heather with uh, like black eyes and stuff like that. Just like wear safety. You know, it's like the NFL. You got to suit up to be a housewife. Um, so she's like, Dennis specifically, they were talking about my business, Meredith's house. There was a conversation about my business. Angie sighs and looks shocked. And then Whitney's like, Lisa's like, what? And Angie's like, so it was Heather, Meredith, and Jen and I. And, you know, we went to that little wine tasting. Somehow they brought up something called an SCC. And Lisa goes, an SCC. <laughs> okay, thank you, SCC. 
Yeah, yeah. And Angie goes, Meredith, you know, knew about it and she brought it up. But then Heather talked about it and then Jen started pulling information. Lisa goes, wow. Angie K in a confessional goes, Heather and Meredith have both experienced Jen's toxic behavior, but now they're supporting it. We know Meredith loves her feathers. Birds of a feather flock together, but they're not pretty birds. They're seagulls and everybody hates seagulls because they shit on people. Angie K, are you all right? That is one of the weirdest talking head phrases. We know Meredith loves her feathers. Birds of a feather flock together, but they're not pretty birds. They're seagulls. And everybody hates seagulls because they shit on people. Amazing, Angie K. That that is that is solid work. Angie goes, Meredith said something about John, basically, like he doesn't work. And Lisa's like, <gasps> that's when you're like, you don't say anything about John. Lisa goes, oh, we know that isn't true. And Angie goes, something to the effect. And Lisa in a confessional goes, Meredith, this is what you do. Get your team together. Make sure you've got Jen. Make sure you've got Heather. Get the troops ready to attack Lisa because you can't do it on your own. And if you're going to attack me, make sure you come with facts and not some made up bullshit. Lisa goes, I know what I have. I know what I built. I know who we are. And Angie goes, well, there you go. And that's the attitude that you should have. And the fact that they're talking about John is disgusting. Like, honestly it's disgusting we come back from commercial the ladies begin to arrive at the greek goddess dinner whitney lisa and heather all arrive whitney to heather goes how do you just have a custom evil eye eye patch and heather goes i don't want to talk about it jen had an eye patch for this girl's trip what wait this is something to pay attention to why did jen have an evil eye eye patch i think whatever happened to heather happened before potentially they got there but jen knew about it why did Jen Shaw bring an eye patch? Was there a pirate night that I was there a why with the evil eye? Why why did Jen bring an eye patch with an evil eye? Doesn't make sense. Lisa goes, "Who carries an eye patch in your luggage?" And Heather goes, "Well, when he goes, "Well, it's Jen Shaw." And Heather goes, "They bedazzled the eye patch. Jen and Meredith created it all. They made it. They put this together," Heather says. Dana arrives. Heather goes, hello, what goddess are you? Dana goes, I'm the one with all the kids. Heather in a confessional goes, Hera wasn't just a mother, Dana. She was the wife of Zeus, who he relentlessly cheated on. She was a jilted wife and mother. Okay, Heather, thank you for the lesson. Lisa goes, I'm Helen of Troy. Lisa's wearing a light blue two-piece crop top pants set. Heather in a confessional says, and Lisa, how did you come up with this? When you Googled Helen, Googled Helen of Troy, was it Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake at the Grammys? What's going on here? Wah, wah. It's just not funny anymore, Heather. Like, good one. Jen arrives. Whitney goes, wait, who are you? And Jen's like, I'm going to prison. No, Jen goes, I'm goddess Athena. And Heather goes, goddess of war. And Whitney goes, she brought a shield and a sword. And Jen goes, because I'm ready for battle. And Lisa goes, are you fighting your friends or your enemies? Lisa in a confessional goes, I have zero interest in being at this dinner tonight. If it weren't for Angie putting so much work into it, there's no way I would be sitting here after hearing what those three have said behind my back. Meredith arrives. Everyone greets her, including Lisa. Lisa under her breath to, to Dana. Fake as fuck. Fake as fuck. Lisa in a confessional goes, I mean, next time, stop being obsessed with me. I feel like Mariah Carey. <laughs> Lisa to Dana goes, I have a hard time with that. And Jen goes, you have a hard time with what? Everything. 
Jen goes, what's going on? Nothing. Jen goes, you're like all grumpy when I come down here. Your energy is, I'm not grumpy. Jen goes, what's going on? Lisa says, nothing. So you're lying, Jen says? Nothing. Heather goes, like, where is the hostess of this goddess dinner? Heather in a confessional goes, who pissed in Lisa Barlow's Diet Coke? She is not happy, and everyone knows I love an unhinged Lisa Barlow. So this dinner is going to be great, and I hope I can see it all from my one good eye. Ugh. Oh, how the mighty have fallen, Heather. Oh, Angie Kay makes a grand entrance between being carried in by two men who she names Zeus and Hercules. Uh, but I think they're just probably some guys from Craigslist. Angie welcomes the ladies to the dinner and everyone sits down. Angie in a confessional goes, I'm very passionate about being Greek. My parents are both immigrants from Greece and I wanted to share my culture with the ladies. Angie leads the ladies in a Greek toast and they all cheers to good health. Angie goes, anyways, I've had a really amazing experience and I just want to drink uh, to thank you for all for having me and it's been fun co-hosting with my sis. And Jen goes, thank you. Angie's at the head of the table, by the way. And Angie goes, so I just wanted to give a little gift to all of you. In Greek culture, the evil eye is supposed to ward off negativity or bad thoughts or bad energy. The ladies all open a gift box that has an evil eye necklace inside. The ladies all say thank you and talk about how beautiful the necklace is. Jen's automatically probably thinking about who she's going to re-gift this to. Angie says, now if I don't see these on your necks, you'll never get another gift again or I will unfollow you. Lisa in a confession goes, I mean, could this be any more appropriate? Give me all the evil eyes. Anything to ward off these evil bitches. Lisa says, Angie, it's so cool that your parents are like true immigrants. And Angie is like, uh-huh. And Heather's like, so tell us about your guys' day. And Dana's like, well, roller skating was fun. We had ice cream. Heather goes, yeah, you got ice cream from the ice cream man? And Lisa goes, yeah, we got ice cream. And then we chatted a lot and had a very, very informative conversation. And Whitney goes, so I have a question. Who talked about an SEC filing about Lisa? Who brought that up? Commercial break. Come back. Lisa goes, why is everybody so worried that I have an SEC filing? And Mary's like, nobody's worried about it. Well, did you talk about me and my businesses? I really haven't talked about it other than in passing. You had a conversation with Dana about it. Angie, Heather, Meredith goes, that was the same conversation. Listen, I'm going to be really clear. Heather goes, we're going from zero to 60. Lisa goes, I have an SEC filing. We have multiple brands. That's not Vita Tequila. That is Tequila See You, Dad. If you have questions, I'm happy to answer them for you. But I think it's funny that you guys all want to chit-chat about me. And Meredith goes, oh, Lisa, you want to chit-chat about everyone else. Please, honey. Lisa goes, Meredith, I had one bad moment in our whole friendship. No, it was not one. And don't go there whatever don't go there what are you gonna do talk more gossip about me and say my husband doesn't have a job and she says this kind of mocking meredith's voice don't you have a job don't talk to me and meredith goes your husband has a job he works with you you guys have a company no one disputes that and lisa goes angie is that true and jen goes why are you asking angie and Angie's like, you guys, I mean, back to the Greek, da, da, da. And Lisa goes, I don't know. And Jen goes, what? Heather goes, has something been lost in translation? Did she come home from our bus ride and like download it all to you? And now that's why you're so pissed. Heather in a confessional goes, thank you very much, Angie K. You think you're going to endear yourself to Lisa? You think Lisa wants to hear about her 25,000 SEC filing? That's embarrassing. Pretend you didn't hear it. Pretend she's rich. That's what she likes. Damn, Heather, you are nasty. Give back that necklace, too. You don't deserve it. Or and the eye patch. Heather's like, it's in poor taste to host a dinner when you stir up trouble right before it starts. 
Oh, is it Heather? Is it in bad taste? Angie says, Heather, you know what made me uncomfortable today? You guys are friends with Lisa and you're talking about her in the car. You were talking shit about her. And Lisa goes, was the point to show, um, show like, was the point to show flaws in who I am? And Mary's like, no, the point is, was the point to show that I'm not stable? If you want to shit and question my husband's business, I didn't question your husband's stuff. I said something absolutely ridiculous in a rant. And Meredith goes, yes, and you endangered the livelihood of his 4,000 employees. That is reckless. Once again, this set, like, is Seth Elon Musk Hey, what's going on? I work in Canton, Ohio. My name is Seth Marks, and I love Whitney's tits. <laughs> but I do also have 4,000 employees. And when Lisa did that hot mic moment, it embarrassed me and the 4,000 people that work for me. In no way was it embarrassing every time I put my face between that boob cake and went blah, 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 and kept going wonk, wonk to Whitney's boobs. Like, I love that. It was like, you embarrassed my husband with that off can 4,000 employees. Like, what is it? Like, the head of a spy group? You've endangered the lives of 4,000 employees. Like, really? What? I really need to know more, way more about Seth's business. Lisa in a confessional goes, is she serious right now? I mean, how many times are we going to talk about the rant? Don't make one mistake because you'll pay for it till the day you die. And Lisa's like, I have apologized for the rant. What more do I need for us to move forward so we don't land here again? And Meredith's like, I answered this question months ago. You ignored me and turned it on me. And Lisa goes, I didn't ignore you. I didn't ignore you. And you are not nice. How did I turn it on you? Explain it to me. We have nowhere to go. How did I turn it on you? I need you to explain how I turned it on you, Meredith, because I did not. You accused me of calling you mentally ill, and that is extraordinarily disgusting to say that I said that, because I did not say that. Flashback to the Scottsdale trip when Meredith says Lisa's behavior is not normal. She needs to seek help and make changes. She says she can't tell Lisa what kind of help she needs because she's not a doctor. And Lisa goes, so let's just sit around and talk shit instead of work on forgiveness forgiveness instead of moving forward let's sit around and talk shit right because there's a choice here and meredith goes i told you we can move forward it doesn't feel like it i told you that heather goes i felt like you guys were moving forward today i felt great about this trip do you heather how does your black eye feel lisa goes if you want to stay in a good place with your friends you don't start trying to find holes in their lifestyle and when he goes well, yeah, it comes down to the intent and why. And Lisa goes, you don't do that. Intent, intent. You're a lawyer, Meredith. You know what intent is. Intentions are everything. And Meredith's like, yes, I've seen your intentions, Lisa. Thank you. No, no, you saw me upset one time. You didn't see my intentions. Oh, please. You're going to hold me responsible for one mistake when I was... It's not one mistake, Lisa. Okay, okay. It's a multitude. Okay, okay. A multitude. Okay. Meredith in a confession goes, Lisa's done a lot of things, a lot of little things over the years, like talking about me behind my back or not calling me when I tell you my father is dying. Or canceling my makeup artist on me at the 11th hour in the height of a global pandemic when I couldn't get anybody else. It's so absurd. Who does that? And that is why I've resorted to using Facetune. <laughs> Lisa goes, the way you were talking about me, you were insinuating that I had a mental health issue and I did not like that. What I had was a rant. And Meredith goes, no, it was a tirade. But go on. No, no, no. It was a rant. Don't relabel it. 
a tirade. It was a rant. For me, it was a rant. For me, it was a tirade. Okay, I can say what I want for me. Like, what is it? Like, you put your chocolate in my peanut butter. You put your peanut butter in my chocolate. Heather in a confessional goes, I cannot believe we're sitting here arguing about whether it's a tirade or a rant. It's like, did you say trash bag whore or garbage whore? What I, what, what, what did that piece of shit? Was it my family that modeled or my family that poses? It doesn't make it any better. Either way, it was pretty awful. And Lisa goes, I don't like the conversation that were had today. I don't want my family talked about and I don't want to sit and have these conversations over and over and over rehashing situations from the past. And Whitney's like, so how do we move forward when everyone remembers it differently, feels differently knowing we all love each other? And Heather's like, we're a group of women. We have more in common than we want to admit. At the end of the day, put the petty aside. I feel like we had three steps forward with you guys getting things resolved this weekend. I really did. I think my eye might be a metaphor for our friendships. We woke up. We don't understand where all of it's coming from. It's ridiculous. Sometimes we wear a patch. Sometimes we let it all out. Sometimes we sweep it under a rug. Is this your speech from Gladiator? What What are you... We as women, we are a multitude of feelings. Some days we'll go left and some days we'll go right. Some days we'll go north and some days we'll go south. Sometimes we wake up. Sometimes we fall asleep. It's so dumb. We go to a producer, the confessional, and producer goes, Okay, Heather, you don't remember how it happened. And Heather goes, I didn't say that. I didn't ever say that. I just, I didn't say. I don't remember how it happened. Producer goes, what? Heather's like, I just said I'm not talking about it. It's the first rule about Fight Club. Oh my God, is Heather, Brad Pitt, and Edward Norton? Did Heather hit herself in her eye? Is Heather two people? Oh my God, I just had a, is Heather Jen Shaw? Is Jen Shaw Heather? Are they one person? Whitney goes, how did you get that black eye? And Heather goes, if anyone does like a secret knock on your door, don't answer. To be fair, I'm still unclear on exactly what happened with my eye. I don't want to talk about it. Producer goes, why do you not want to talk about it? Who are you trying to protect? And Heather pauses dramatically like a bad actor. Myself. I want to protect myself. Oh, God. And what's this line about if anyone does like a secret knock on your door? That's a clue right there. Anyways, that's it. No preview for next week. But my God, what a mess of a show. And I love it. I love it. But what a mess of a show, you guys. Heather, pull yourself out of whatever fucking rut you're in, man. It is not fun to watch you this season. I mean, I expect this from Jen Shaw. I mean, Mary, like everybody's a mess. Like You got me being a huge fan of Lisa Barlow. If you listen to my first two seasons of recaps, I didn't really love Lisa. Now I'm loving it. Yeah, she's self-centered, but she's like right laser-like on point on some of her things. Whitney, I like too. She just has a weak voice, so people don't get it. Dana, step up, girl. Angie K, I'm digging what I'm seeing here and there, but you're finding your footing. It'll get better next season. But Meredith and Heather and Jen, toxicity. 
We better find out about that black eye, and it better not be in your book. I just, I'm going to be bummed. But you guys, supersized episode. We got two done today. Like I said, special thanks to Laura Beth Harp, who took these notes for both of these episodes. And uh, join us. We'll have a new episode on Thursday. I'm going to finally start recapping Real Housewives of Miami on Peacock. You don't have to subscribe to Peacock. Just listen to my recaps. And also remember, with the recaps, I always do pop culture stories beforehand. So it's a one-stop shop, baby. Uh, um, I felt good about this one. I feel good. I feel like myself right now. And thank you for that. I needed that. I've not felt myself for the last week. Um, and I'm not joking about that. So anyways, uh, and if you're watching this on YouTube, thank you. Uh, subscribe, like, do all that YouTube stuff that you're supposed to do. Okay. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Bye. Recording stopped. Betches.